Episode number 125 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, you've been living the Quadden dream back home in, in Scotland again. It's, it's good to see your fine, uh, well-shaven, well-kent face again, eh? Hello, Kyle. I, I didn't recognise you. It's been so long. And I love the use of Quarren Dream. I've got to say, I've never heard that till you said. Of all the sort of coronavirus-based terms, I hadn't heard that. So I like that. Did you come up with that yourself? I did. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, you know, I, might, I don't know if it's in bad taste or not, but uh, you know what? It's, uh, you, you, you know, obviously you, you're back home and you, you're from France and, and you've been staying in your house for the last two weeks. How's that? Um, What's that 10. like for yourself? Uh, do you know, to be honest, with the clocks going back and it being dark super early now, it's not that bad because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working all day, then I then I run and I'm, and that's it. So I don't feel the need to go out away. I'm working from home anyway. The weekends are a little bit when it gets a bit grim because it's kind of that's when you you want to get out and about. And I've been doing a lot in the garden, um, and the treadmill, of course, is a blessing. I'm, I am very aware of how lucky I am to have a treadmill. If I didn't have a treadmill, mate, I'd be pulling my hair out. <laughs> like it's been you know I'm, uh, I'm getting back into running after that uh niggle i had and yeah the treadmill is a godsend i honestly i think i would have broken i would have i read i saw a stat right that apparently quarantine compliance is between 15 and 20 percent really which is super which okay, seems yeah. super low Mucha. anyway I mean, so yeah is that just like um yeah i mean what, what define quarantine quarantine uh, quarantine, quarantine. Like, what, are you allowed to like go? You're not allowed to go to the shop. I should know this, but I haven't been in quarantine. But um, can you? You can't get out, go out your house at all. So if you step outside your garden, you're breaking. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I was saying to Fiona tonight before I jumped on the treadmill, saying it's dark. I could run around the the wee village here. There would be nobody. Would I wouldn't come across anyone. It would not be a problem, you know. But it's I don't. I'm, I don't mind them. Whole principle, eh? Yeah, exactly. So I think I should sticking by the rules, and you'll be a better man for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't need to put it. If I had to, I would definitely. If I had to break it to go in for an emergency, I would. I would have no doubt, no problem with that. But I mean, I don't need to. I'm unfortunate to have a treadmill. I think if I didn't have a treadmill, I would have been. My uh, compliance would have been tested much more. But um, <laughs> anyway, as I say, I, I can't complain too much. And uh, I, yeah, I've had a couple of weeks running in Paris, which was cool. And and yeah, we're back, and it's uh, it's been a bit of an extended break. So I had two weeks, and I was two weeks away in Paris, and was busy with work. Man, we we had a couple of weeks off. And then Kyle, you were on holiday last week, weren't you? I was. I was uh, in the good old the the land of Fort William, Harry Potter land, they say. Uh, I've never fact. heard anyone say that until you nah, referred to it. It's <laughs> Harry Potter land. <laughs> Is that not a theme park in the in England, Harry Potter land? Ah, yeah, probably. I know. <laughs> I mean, you've got a lot of a lot of the the scenes were set, you know, they were filmed in in Fort William, you know, and mm. Braveheart as well, you know, the Braveheart car park went oh, there. Yeah, uh, uh, our, our man Billy Brooks, he, he gave me some suggestions as to where to run, so I ran from. And and what I found out though, I kind of did know this, but um, when you st- you start at the the Braveheart car park and you run along the West Highland Way, so it's the last kind of few miles of the West Highland Way and. Mm-hmm. I got it gave, gave me the the fire in my belly to to hopefully do it soon. Nice. Um, so that was that was quite exciting. You know, it's a long. We're going the opposite way, but it's a long kind of downhill into Fort William, and uh, you know, after ninety odd miles, it must be brutal on the quads to to run brutal. down that. So that that was good, and uh, you know, back back at work now, and 
I've been, you know, doing a lot of work with TRS training as well. So I've been getting doing boot camp, my a local boot camp in the in the park, half nine on a Friday. There's a, it's been a week week number one on Friday and Halloween special. Zombie, a, a big zombie in the middle of the the cones for everyone. Everyone yeah. had their own assigned cone due to social distancing, and each cone nice. had a, a a a scary mask on it. Um. You know, like a vampire, a Frankenstein, uh, a clown hat. It was, uh, it was awful. It was, it was good fun. There was a little bit of humour in there, and uh, it was great to, you know, get folk, you know, down and dirty in the mud, doing lots of vampire v ups and mummy lunges and, uh, you know, pumpkin push ups, all that kind of stuff. So uh, the, the the funniest thing was the the thing about boot camp is it's on the grass, you know, in the play park, and you're running on the spot and because you're all in the same area, all these worms start coming up out of the ground as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, a proper Halloween special, Tom. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good fun. And Very good. Uh, you know, other than that, I've been just really busy just organizing, hopefully it's the Space Sideway Ultra that's going ahead and on the 14th of November, there's a huge number of COVID measures in place. And I'm really confident that it's all, it's all in place. Um, it's really about the, yeah, it's just time will tell what, what, what guidance we've got. Obviously, I'm following the Scottish Athletics guidance. Um, we've got Forestry Commission have approved the, the event, and it's really about what the government are going to say and in, in abiding by those rules. So potentially going into lockdown on Thursday. Which I don't know if that's yeah. true or not, but if, if that's the case, then that's, that's the event wiped out, no doubt. So you know when on that when I was in so when I was in Paris, obviously Pat listeners will know France are in lockdown now, England's in lockdown. When I was there, what was what was really grim, right? You have to even before France went into lockdown, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted as long as you wore a mask, right? Really? So you had to wear a mask outside and inside. So I would leave the hotel I was staying in about half past seven, walk to the office. So the minute I walk out the front door, my, or out my hotel door, mask on. I didn't take, I took the mask off to like, I literally lowered it to drink a coffee and stuff through the day. I took it off to eat lunch. Apart from that, it was on all day till I got back to the hotel. Like, and I was, I was working quite long days. So I was getting back at like eight o'clock or something. So it was like, it was like basically a full 12 hour shift with the mask on. And my, my sort of um, respect for workers, you know, be it whatever role you're in, be it hospitality, physios, doctors, frontline, um, whoever you are, if you're wearing a mask at work, kudos to you because that is not pleasant. It's nah. awful. Um, yeah. And that was a good thing is you could exercise without it, which was, thank God. So I was able to not wear that. But they introduced a 9 p.m. curfew when I was out there as well, which felt very sort of, you know, a bit too controlly for me. You know, we've talked about maybe on here, we've shown our political views on here before, but um, yeah, really not, not cool. Nah. Well, well, that's no good, is it? But yeah, I mean, Aside from that, I mean, the, the only other thing I, I've, I, I would like to say before we get into the nitty gritty is uh, is I've launched the Murray Way Ultra series um, and, and Tommy's going to be the, the first one that signs up <laughs> on, on the, fir- the 5th of November. Remember, remember the 5th of November because entries are going to go live and uh, at 12 noon. So take a note of that, folks. And uh yeah, it's, it's really excited to launch this. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, certainly more recently anyways, to organize my own kind of race series. And here we are, you know, it's uh, my, my dream come come true. So 
essentially the the, the event it, it, it's, it's broken down into four different races um so we have the the first one being the dava way that runs from granton all the way towards forest the murray coastal trail and the Speyside Way as well, but there's, there's going to be the original 37 mile route, but there's also going to be the full Speyside Way from from uh, Aviemore all the way to uh, Bucky. So it's it's exciting. Um, really Very exciting. Launch it, and uh, the last, the final event will be the Murray Way 100. So that's the full, all 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 three of those ways all and combined all in one go. Um, and that's going to be later on in the year. So it's going to be a real exciting uh, series to launch. And we are going to launch the event. It's very, low, numbers are low because it's the first year. And, um, and, and it's, you know, obviously uh, it's going to be, we have to keep the numbers low because of COVID at the moment. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen there next year. So we're, we're being quite um, careful with, with what that'll look like. Um, so just to, yeah. sorry, just to go back. So just because uh, I think listeners will be as excited but as confused as I am. So the Dava Way is fifty k, and that is when. So the Dava Way, good, good point. Uh, it's a Saturday, seventeenth of April. So April fifty k, Dava Way fifty k in April. The Moray Coastal Trail fifty. That's a fifty k as well. The fifty miler. Fifty miler. Okay, Ucha. So that's fifty miles. And when is that? So that's on the twelfth of June, Saturday, the twelfth of June next right. year as well. Then you've got the Speyside Way Ultras. We know those well. And then the Murray Way 100, that's going to be later in the year, and that's 100 miles. Yeah, 100 miles. 2nd of October 2021. So I can tell you right now, I might do the, I might consider lining up at your at the Dava Way. The Dava Way? It's, do you know, like, something I'm, I'm really keen on is I like fast ultras. Like, I don't like gnarly technical terrain. So these it's like kind the of... UTMB. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm more in favour for these races, and I I, I think there's there's certainly a, a gap where you can you know you should be looking for some you know marathons for example like next year there might not be that many marathons because of mass participation and things and this is a great step up to doing some of these faster kind of runs like the Dava Way you know there's there's a little there's a couple of hills there but nothing nothing too big um one of the Dava summits a thousand feet. But it keeps it interesting. Uh, you know, there's a mix of woodland, moorland, a bit of farm track. It's a real hidden treasure, that one. You'll absolutely love it. And it's the old railway line as well. So there's a lot of history uh, to it as well. Um, and it's mainly all, all off-road too. So it's, uh, yeah, a really nice. exciting one. That's at the start of, well, 17th of April next year. So, so. it's maybe not some, maybe something we can talk about next week. I think a lot of listeners would be, would sympathise with, with this. I have got no idea what I'm doing next year in terms of running. Like I'm, I'm at the moment, my main concern is just get myself back. I'll cover my training later on a bit, get myself back fit. But I don't know what I'm going to do next year. I've got no races booked and I'm, I'm really torn. I'm really torn about, do I just say, do I really hope and pray that a marathon happens? Obviously Paris marathon being living in Paris next year would be amazing. But otherwise, do I just hold, hold on for a marathon or do I just say, right, this is the year to do, to try Ultra Trail? And when I look at, you know, in France, Ultra Trail is massive. So I'm, yeah. there's, there shouldn't be short of options. And maybe think about a couple of years to get some points to do something like the CCC. So yes, I'll maybe talk about that next week, but uh, next week's podcast. But listeners, if you've got, um, let us know what, what you're thinking for next week and or for next year, sorry, because um, uh, it's a really, it's a funny situation we're in that we're now, 
we went to the start of this year thinking, oh, do you know what? The race are cancelled this year. I can't wait for 2021. I think we're all getting around to the fact that these 20,000 plus races that we're used to may not happen next year. So if, if they are no. 10,000 plus, so if they don't, then what do we do? And, uh, you know, we will come on to the races. We saw the cross countries cancelled again, yeah, which is un- understandable. I don't think the Scottish Athletics, I think their hands are tied. They've done a great job in trying to make it happen. Um, yeah, I, I think we're all in a bit of a sort of a sticky wicket. Bit of, a, bit of limbo, eh? Indeed. So it's nice to hear new races coming up, like the Mori, the Mori uh, race series, which is which is cool. So yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll come back for that. There you go. Ni- ni- nice and local anyway. But I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna we'll be local for me. But yeah, about it, and it'd be great to have uh, you know a TRS gang potentially taking part. Eh? Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be cool. So uh, yeah, so yeah, if you do want to find out a little bit more about the event series, it's the website's murraywayultras.com. Um, or you can email info at murraywayultras.com um, uh, just to find out any further information. The events will open up, um, a small number of entries will open up on the 5th of November, so 12 noon. So if you want to get involved, get ready, get clicking, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you then. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's about it in terms of my wee, wee plug, Tommy. And uh, we, to be fair, we've actually got a really, really good episode tonight. Um, but firstly, we, we before we go into you know our, our special guest, we want to dedicate this show. We should have said this at the start of the show yeah. to uh, an absolute legend in the the world of of running, distance running in Scotland and in the UK. And uh, is Chris Smith, who sadly died last week uh, on doing what he loved uh, in the hills. A real shock to a lot of the, you know, a huge number of runners in the world of of, of running, and uh, yeah, he was a local. He was a local lad uh, a few years ago. Ran Fabian Athletics Club, and um, yeah, recently runs for ran for Thames Valley Harriers. So yeah, you, you know, he leaves behind a wife and, and his two sons. Really sad. Um, an absolute cracking guy, and I, I didn't really know him that well. And, and I know Andy Douglas and Robbie Simpson were, you know, in the, the GB team with him fairly fairly regularly. Uh, I, I've ran I ran the Snowden International with him. Um, I think it was the year that he, he won it, and to win that race, what a talented guy! Uh, helped. GB Team GB win bronze in the European Mountain Running Championships in Italy in 2016. Just really sad, you know. Yeah, I like to take far, far too soon. Um, yeah, really sad. And I think, um, yes, yeah, yeah, you know, thoughts go out to his, his, his family and all his friends. I know a lot of the a popular guy in the running community, um, a lot of our. Our mates and guests on the show have been have been um are, are yourself included or sort of pals of them. So yeah, thoughts are thoughts go out to all you guys. Um, what we can what I think uh, Chris would have been delighted that this week actually, so the week that we dedicate the episode to him, we're really chuffed to bits to have someone who's joining the show who has been on the list for a long time, and Kyle has finally used up tapped up his contact network to get Angela Mudge on the show. So yeah, I mean, without further ado, let's let's get her on. It, this is one of the best. She's in the Scottish Athletics Hall of Fame for athletics. That, that's that's how that's how good she is, and an absolute legend of the sport. Um, and yeah, still an ambassador of the sport as well. Still running and uh, still contributing to 
to the young athletes, uh, the the ones, the the rising stars of of our sport. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here's Angela Mudge. Okay, so I'm delighted to have Angela Mudge on the show. So, hello, Angela, how are you? Hi, Kyle, I'm fine, thank yeah. you. It's We've kind of been chatting for about half an hour, so it's, uh, it feels a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, really, uh, really excited to have yourself on, Angela. It's, uh, you, you know, we've been running the show for about two years now, and we've, you know, Tom and I have been saying, right, we need to get Angela Mudge on the show. This is, you know, and here, here we are, you know, two years in, into the show. So firstly, apologies for, um, yeah, yeah, being so late because you were one of our number one guests. Um, so, <laughs> and it took two years to ask me. Two years, hey, look at that, hey, I'm just, <laughs> so, well, Angela, I've known you for, God, you know, decades now. Uh, it just shows how, you know, how, how long I've been running in there, you know, how, you know, how long you've been, you've been in the sport too. Um, and it was kind of in the 2000s when we, you know, main, mainly the bi biggest one for me was going to Alaska with you and, and watching you come second at the world trophy for mountain running. Uh, that was just incredible. But let's, um, let's rewind back and, you know, just give the listeners, any listeners who don't know who Angela Mudge is, you know, I don't know where you've been. Um, but you know, Angela's been in the just such an amazing resume. Uh, she's in the Scottish Athletics Hall of Fame, which is in, amazing, um, and quite rightly so. So, just you know, just tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, you know how you got into running. Um, I'm originally from Devon, and I got into running as a schoolgirl trying to do team sports I was totally uncoordinated and they were looking for somebody to do the 1500 meters so I decided that I'd try and have a go at the 1500 meters and found out that I was quite good at endurance running and um, played at cross country and track as a junior and then um, went away to uni and came up to Scotland in 1991 to study at Stirling University right, okay. and, uh, and the reason I wanted to come to Scotland was well to do environmental management is what I studied but I just saw the picture of Demai on the back of the uni prospectus and thought <laughs> oh, nice. I want to go there <laughs> and uh, having never hill raced because obviously in Devon there are little hills but hill no, running really. wasn't a sport back then as yeah. in Devon so uh, I started running with the guys at the uni and um, we used to chase up and down to several times a year, uh, week and got you know introduced yeah. to to hill running and found I much preferred that to track and and road because well when I was an undergrad uh, when I did my undergrad at Leicester mm -hmm. I kind of moved from athletics more to orienteering because I just got disillusioned with all the short road relays and you know when I came up to Scotland and found out that there was a bit more to running than track or cross country then yeah. you know I got hooked into hill running and well gradually progressed from there yeah wow and, and that, that no, was, looking back yeah 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 um so yeah you, you can uh you know Demai I've, I've not done that race as such but it's, it's a bloody steep hill yeah 
you know <laughs> it, it, uh, but it is i mean it's it's to, the actual race isn't up the front of it it goes along the the ridge yeah so it's it's there's it's, it's it, i like the race i think it's a brilliant race because it's short sharp climbs then fast running then a steep climb then fast running yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, yeah so you ran with you ran with the uni uh originally and, and what club did you run with was it oko oko hill uh yeah well no because at that stage it was just guys that worked at the uni right. or on the campus yeah. and in 92 we set up so i was one of the founder members of the oko hill runners ah, okay so it became the oko so the, the group of people i ran with you know went on to form the oko hill runners yeah Okay. Which was good. Yeah, yeah. They're this, you know, there's a quite a big club now. Um so are you are you yeah. are you still part of that club then? I I'm 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 I still race for Carnefi, but I'm second claim Oakle Hill runners. Ah right, okay. Yeah. So yeah, because I mean I'm not in Edinburgh anymore, I'm near Aberfoyle, so yeah. the Oakles is the nearest club and I'll go on club weekends and you know, some of the runs at the weekends and stuff depending yeah and uh yeah and you know, when when you graduated you know you know i know i know a lot about you so it's funny asking questions but more <laughs> just i pretend i don't know don't know yet i just just make it up <laughs> so when you graduated what, what did you do then um when i i got, I got a, a master's in environmental management Nice. And this was back in 1992, and there wasn't very many jobs going in environmental management because it wasn't very fashionable. So I spent 18 months doing conservation work with Scottish conservation projects. All right, okay, cool. Which, which was, you know, brilliant. Just being outside and digging ditches and footpaths and fencing. And um, then I got a job with Fourth River Purification Board in their chemistry lab. Okay. And again, lasted about 18 months. And I, I really didn't enjoy working in the lab. And I left and, uh, and foolishly, I shouldn't really say foolishly, but then I started a PhD in uh, mass spectrometry at Edinburgh Uni. All right, wow. Which took me four years because, yeah. I, well, I, I had a very good success rate at failure as in the experiment didn't work very well. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it it took me four years to get something you know valid that I could write up. Yeah. Yeah. But doing obviously doing a PhD, it meant that you know I could train well and and my running started to improve then as well. Yeah. So when when was that then? Um, was that in the sort of mid mid nineties? Yeah, yeah. I started in ninety five. Yeah. And I actually wrote up my um thesis and handed it in the day before I flew to Borneo to do the world trophy oh wow Isn't so so I, I I was basically up all night printing out my thesis um to to then uh disappear off <laughs> so yeah. I was I was the only one that slept on that flight because you know I yeah. had any previous nights jeez so that was um yeah when when was Borneo was that uh what was that 1999 1999 and I mean yeah. even before that though you know you were you were already you know talk us through the when you became faster you know when when you found really you, you found your feet in terms of running and you, you realized wow I'm because you know it's, it's probably a big a big jump there's always that 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 change isn't you know when you go wow I've, I've achieved a certain result I'm, you know I've got a bit of potential here what, yeah what, but 
as as a junior like I never trained in a club because where I stayed in Devon there wasn't an athletics club yeah okay but I, st- I still um competed at county level in okay. cross country and on the track uh-huh. you know just just through general fitness of doing all sports yeah um and then when I went to Leicester Uni I kind of did less did less running races mm-hmm. I said I was still racing most weekends but not not interesting races and did more orienteering and I kind of um yeah so I, I lost fitness but then I got when I first came to Scotland I got, I got quite badly anemic as well so my running was not very good okay yeah and uh so it wasn't until like I think 94 95 yeah that I got my first Scotland vest and then obviously from then I kept getting better improving yeah. and 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 started that's when Martin Hyman started giving me advice on how to train mm-hmm. um to get you know improve and uh and basically taking Martin's advice definitely gave me a lot more impetus in the right direction then yeah so. i didn't i didn't actually realize you know you were kind of let you, you know you, you got that kind of support from in, in in advice from from martin hyman and, and folk who don't know martin hyman he, he was an olympian wasn't he um yeah he but, did the steeplechase yeah yeah and uh because yeah. as a junior as for, for me as a junior hill runner i was introduced to martin hyman and and yeah what a guy you know, just yeah. such a amazing guy, and um... well, he, he was. And Martin was really good because he he looked at people's training diaries, and he could yeah. see immediately what elements you were missing. Yeah, and 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 you know, I just used to run long and slow, long and slow, and didn't do the quality. Okay. And then you know, for a period, he he just would check on me, check you know what I was doing, and then give me suggestions and point me in the right direction. Yeah. And, did, did and you, yeah, he was that. really good because he he was really critical of what you were doing. So if you know, even if you had a good run, as in you 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 finished well, but it wasn't actually a good run, he he would hit the na- um, nail on the head. It was it he he was really good. Yeah, yeah. he's so, uh he's he's, yeah. he's some guy. He's he's an amazing guy. He's uh yeah. You know he's he says it the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> He does, but but the thing is, is that he spent so much time helping athletes, yeah. and it doesn't matter what club you're in. You know, yeah. he's always willing to help you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's an amazing guy. He's he's eighty seven now, isn't he? I yeah, think. one of the unspoken heroes of uh, Scottish athletics. Yeah, definitely, I think so too. He's um, just he really got me in in into hill running. Uh, him and, and Mick Milmore and, and Graham Bartlett and. Um, a lot of those guys I, I, when I was growing up as a as a forest hire and uh, and even Martin he was just so he just helped the juniors so much um, you know and he's got all his all those kind of races as well that he, he was organizing uh, so yeah I, I, I for me anyway I, I also count him as one of the, the influencers in, 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 in my running as well uh, so it's yeah um, yeah so, so yeah, so you, you know, have you, have you been coached then or was that was kind of, you know, were you mainly been, you know, that, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. so Martin coached me at a distance, shall we call it, yeah. <laughs> as in it wasn't, you know, a, as close a relationship as a lot of coaches, but it's, it's yeah. and, and Jim Darby used to give us sessions on the track, as in, in the early nineties, but I was never really coached by him. You just turned up to the track and 
he gave you a session once a week. Right. Okay. So, so most I've, I've never had a formal coach then. Right. Okay. Um, um, now, now, in terms of you know your you know with, even without that sort of formal coaching, your performances, uh, you know, there's so many of them. But yeah, nineteen ninety seven, you got a, a, a fourth place finish at the European Mountain Running Trophy. Um, yeah. You also won the Scottish Hill Running Championships. And uh, and also you know later on you know we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that. Uh, 1999, you, you also won the Cro- Scottish Cross Country Championships. Is that is that right? I think. Um, I don't know. This is terrible. I don't know which year I won the Scottish. It was in Cooper, <laughs> and it was frozen ground, and everybody's going, "Oh, you're a hill runner. That's that suits you." And it's like, no, yeah. we don't run on frozen ground at hill running. It's really really uncomfortable on your ankles isn't it hard yeah. frozen that, ground oh, but fields that was 1999 then that that was uh yeah that was i was there too uh yeah. so you were in fact i'd say i remember but i don't i um, Tra- tracy brindley was second okay uh, yeah i mean i i but yeah so I'll give you 99. I can't remember which year. Yeah, it was. 99. So that was, um, I was just, you know, you're a senior. I was an under 13. And uh, I was. I... <laughs> so you're saying, who's that woman with the grey hair? She looks like a granny. <laughs> but I remember watching, well, you were the one, and uh, it was Bobby Quinn. He, he was the senior male winner that year as well. I remember yeah. watching them and going, bloody hell, that's amazing. I, I was, uh, that was my sort of major, my first big big um race i was second that year under 13 and scott fraser was he he put me at the post by five seconds yeah uh it's crazy so but yeah it was a really it was a really hard like really cold day and it was just like concrete wasn't it It was like a road yeah yeah it was it was the the ground was frozen it i just i just remember it being really nasty underfoot yeah, yeah, I, I quite like, you know, it obviously suited me well, but um, but anyway, it's not about me, it's uh, it's, it's about yeah. you, but that, so 1999 was also the year that, you, you know, you went to um, Borneo, now, I don't know anything about Borneo, tell us about the World Trophy in Borneo, that's amazing, imagine, did, did you have, to, was that self-funded, or was, was no, it the, Scottish Athletic? We, we, we had to pay when it was a Scottish team, we always had to give a, a donation towards yeah. travel expenses. Yeah. And I I can't remember how much, but I expect it was a significant amount. Mm-hmm. But from 95 to early 2000s, I was actually funded by lottery funding. Yeah, okay. Because back then it didn't have to be an Olympic sport. You just have to be, um, you know, potential podium place in your yeah. sport yeah so I, I was lucky that I got lottery funding so I wouldn't have paid whatever we had to donate mm. um for the flight anyway yeah. the Scottish lottery fund would have paid for me nice nice and yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was a poor student at the time so I wouldn't have been able to afford it <laughs> yeah. well that is one of my questions but I'll, I'll come back to that uh, later but so yeah tell us about you know Borneo how did how did that go um, it was in, it was an up and down course and it was in the Mount Kinabalu Park. Mm-hmm. So Mount, Mount Kinabalu is, it's about 1400 meters up, uh, the actual wow. park and they, they've got a park with, you know, so you're running through, they, they cut new trails in the rainforest. 
right. so people that didn't want to trek up Mount Kinabalu had a low level trail to do around yeah. the park headquarters right. so so you were basically running through the rainforest around the park headquarters but obviously you couldn't see anything because you're in thick rainforest yeah yeah right. and and it was I finished top 10 I don't mm. I can't remember where I finished but it was fast and furious because you never went up that high you know it was it was up down rolling up and downs and I do remember in the men's race Bobby Quinn got tripped over on the start line oh, did he? yeah so so poor Bobby got tripped over bashed his yeah. knees got up and then you know tried to catch up and make lost time and it was hot and humid yeah. and Jonathan Wyatt from New Zealand yeah, yeah, I remember. came into the finish and just collapsed. Did he? Jesus. Yeah. So because, you know, it had taken so much out of him. Yeah. Uh, the, the being, being at altitude, I say 1400 meters and a bit higher, but being at that bit of altitude and the humidity, I suppose he, he just um, sweated and lost too, too much. Jeez. And uh, he won the race and then just collapsed and got carted off with a drip in his arm. I can remember that much. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so were you, um, you know, like, were you quite happy with the result there? You know, what did it, what was your... It, I, I, because for me, I always did better in um, on the world circuits on yeah. uphill only courses because the fast up and down courses, they were never technical. It was all about leg speed. Yeah. Okay. You know, more more akin to running a fast ten k. Yeah. Than, than a hard, hill race where uphill race where it was about, you know, good endurance than running uphill. Yeah. So, I I I probably finished. You know, I I was I would have been disappointed, but I wouldn't have expected to be in the top three anyway because yeah. I'd I'd come second in the Europeans in the summer and I always performed better in July than what I did in September because normally by the time of the worlds I'd done too many races yeah because you know, I used to do the Grand Prix on. circuit yeah. yeah so so you would have been you know running a wee bit tired compared to what I should have been anyway yeah and, and you yeah. know and, and let's fast forward you know there's some notable uh results here and I, you know I and I know they kind of you know pressing you are you know you, you're not anyone you're very modest and um but i'm gonna make you probably feel a little bit uncomfortable telling you all that your amazing successes uh, so. i just tell you my, my my dog's been yawning so that's a hint kai you can shut up now yeah um but yeah just some standout ones you know obviously from you know from then and you know in, in, you know excuse me if there's any ones that you think are, are of note because you've certainly asked those ones but zero's and now you know we it's one of the ones i really want to do um and uh and you know 2001 i think it was you, you ran that one um uh yeah it was, t- it was 2001 yeah that i yeah. ran it the first time i've done it several times since yeah and that's like one of the you know most iconic hill races or mountain races there is in, in the world yeah. you, know, you get a real um you know the cream of the crop from and it's that kind of distance as well you, you've got a variety of runners who can do it as well you know like the ultra side and then you've got the the shorter distance and it's, it's i suppose a, a, a you know a runnable kind of course too but you 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 broke the the record um not only winning it but the, being the first person to to break sub three hours um 
first no, first female definitely first, not first person sorry not first person <laughs> <laughs> which uh you know I've, I've looked at the times of folk you know what they run and man that, that's that is an amazing result there and that 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 really you know that 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 always goes down as my best performance because you know some days you're on fire and you can't do yeah. no wrong yeah that that was definitely one of those days because I remember there's a it's it's a 10 11k climb which climbs 1500 meters out of the valley so you you climb out of the air up to Chandelin yeah and and I was you know already ahead of the record pace when I got into Chandelin and Martin Cox who was racing oh, yeah. there um you know racing the European circuit at the same time as I was I, um Martin was there and I just shout at Martin I've gone too fast I'm gonna blow up Oh, yeah. And then it's then it's about 13 miles to the finish, which is undulating up and then a descent into um Zanel. Yeah. But you know, I obviously managed to keep going at a decent pace and, and break this Veronic Marrow's record, the French yeah. marathon runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or she's French, but she ran she ran marathon for GB. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, yeah, and it, and it is. It's an absolutely beautiful course because mm -hmm. you, you see five of the four thousand meter peaks. You know, as you're running along from Chandelin to Zanel. Yeah. And prior to the event, I I stayed in Chandelin for about ten days, recceing and training on the course. Oh, okay. Yeah, which Chandelin's about two thousand meters, and I just rough camped, you know, above the village, and um trained you know trained on the course and obviously got a bit of altitude training in there at the same time yeah. and I and I think that that made a massive difference because come race day you, you know you knew where to go hard where to ease back a bit okay that's really good yeah. advice as well um now yet yeah, I mean you you know you've done so many different types of races and you know you've done Everest Marathon as well uh, and that, that's one thing I, I do want to touch on that briefly because I'm really interested in some of these and I'm sure our listeners would be interested in these kind of races too um, but there was one one big result I did forget to mention before pre-2001 it was the World Trophy uh, in Bergen <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know talk us through that one because you know that that must have been the highlight surely I uh, no, no it, it but it, it was a highlight but I always I still although I won the world championship yeah yeah so, so now it was a combination of winning the race during a brilliant time uh -huh. and just the atmosphere yeah you know if you do one of these big Swiss European races it's like nice. going through Chandelin and Zanel at the finish it's like being in the Tour de France yeah, you know you yeah. have five layers of people cheering you on where you know we can't comprehend it in a british fail race yeah and, and you, it's like you know when you see them you know to, i suppose it's you probably when you're going when tour de france when they're going up the hill and they're going alley 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 it's exactly like that wouldn't it i'd imagine when yeah. you're going up the hill yeah uh, oh, that would have been a lecture yeah they, they are and, and it is it's it's all the way when you come down through chandelin and yeah along the main street and then you climb back up to the hill you you've just got masses of people cheering you on all so the, it's all, all the cowbells as well dinging yes. in your ears and <laughs> yes so it, it's it is a real buzz and like bergen although i won the world championship which is obviously 
you know, I was... That's amazing. It was unexpected as well. And I think that's probably because I didn't expect to win. I didn't... It, it took a few weeks for it to sink in then. Yeah. So you, you didn't get the immediate euphoria because right. I was I was in too much. I was I was probably shell shocked to be perfectly <laughs> honest. But I mean Bergen Bergen I I'd done Bergen used to be in the um, Grand Prix series, so I'd raced the course a few times. Okay. And I really like it. It's it's in um, Germany and it's up the local Hockfelm, which is where the downhill local downhill ski slope is. Okay. So the bottom section is really fast and runnable. And then as you climb higher, you, it gets steeper and steeper and there's steps and, you know, open hillside and it's really interesting. And then to finish, you're actually finished up, you know, the wee shoot when you're a downhill skier that you push yourself off to get speed up. <laughs> so you finished off that, you finished up that steep climb. And I expect I'm the only world champion that ever walked over the finish line. <laughs> Because it, it it was that steep there, oh, you know, walking in hill yeah. running steep slopes for a lot of runners. Walking is actually quicker than running. Yeah. And all all year, um, I'd been, you know, um, racing against this German girl, Birgit Sontag, who, you know, she she'd beaten me in every other race. So we all expected Birgit to win. But I yeah. think she was she was German, and I think the pressure had got to her and. Aye. I took the lead about halfway up and, you know, got a, I don't know, 20 metre gap, whatever I got on Birgit. And, you know, then you're running scared, aren't you? It's like, yeah. shit, I'm leading the world championship. I can't screw this one up. <sighs> and, uh, and, you know, so, you know, Birgit was second and, and I won the race, but I never, I never, and, and the thing is before it, I'd been the first stint at, out, you know, at, um, altitude training. Yeah. So I'd I'd spent six weeks in Europe, in uh, San Moritz area. Oh, nice! You know, racing and training at altitude, and I really because I'd been by myself most of the time. I really came into the worlds not knowing what form I had. Yeah, you're in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it, it was because it was an experiment, and it was totally in the dark. And I'd done another Grand Prix race three weeks before Sousa. Mm-hmm. And I'd ran really badly because I'd been overtraining at altitude. Right. Okay. And, I, and I think, you know, that get, that made me take a few days off, rethink my strategy. And that's probably why I won the Worlds, because I actually realised I'm doing too much here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you, you can't, when you go to altitude, you can't train as hard as you do at home. Yeah. It's, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, you know, when was that? Was that in, in you mean you said you were you became anemic as well? Was that when was that again? You touched on that. Uh, the, I would, that was the early nineties. Early nineties, yeah. So okay. yeah, so it became um, a, a recurring problem then. But you right. know now I know the telltale signs that yeah. I'm anemic. So I I would just um, take some supplements. Whereas you know obviously when it the first few times it happens you don't you don't see the warning bells. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought, yeah, I just thought I wasn't fit and just trained harder and got slower. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. And and that you know, I suppose it's just the 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 thing you know, your journey as well is just understanding what went wrong, you know, what what the issues were, and you now know yeah. how to address it. And um, you know, you're very good at analysing your 
your weaknesses and and you know how well you you've been doing. But it's uh, it's all a learning curve, isn't it? Uh, just it is, yeah. And and I mean, everybody's you know, it's it's like an outsider can see it a lot of the time. But my um, I'm a twin, and my sister used to be really good at pointing things out like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Angela, you're getting grumpy. You need to take a few days easy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, you know, being being a, a typical runner, you think you have to train hard, 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 and you you forget you need to actually recover. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. must have been, you know, quite quite hard as well for you, because you know, your your sister was also a runner. Um, you know, and I, I used to see both of you at races and yeah, I didn't know who was who. <laughs> it's uh what was Angela? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she didn't she didn't do the hills because she she had lower leg injuries, but she she was a pretty nippy ten um, k runner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when we were kids, Janice was a 200, 400 meter runner, so okay. she had speed, whereas I was always the um, the cart horse. The long and slow, you know the yeah, yeah, long and yeah, slow. yeah. <laughs> cool. And um, yeah, and, you know, there's so many races, but the one, another standout one, you know, in the midst from 2001 to 2003, what, what, what did you do during that sort of time um, in terms of, of races? You know, you were you were also uh, sponsored as well by, was it uh, Saab, Sal, Saab Salomon, I think they, they were called? Is that, is that right? Yeah, um, that yeah I was sponsored team? by Saab Salomon then, but... I was in the early 2000s. I was doing the Grand Prix series, yeah, yeah. which is now the World Cup series. Mm-hmm. So I, I spent, um, I worked in the winter months and the spring and then June, July, August, summer, September, I'd go off to the Alps and just do European races. Yeah. Okay. And so I'd be based in the Alps and do, do the Grand Prix series, which yeah. back then was six races in Italy, Slovenia, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, you know, all European countries, nothing on the um, in America or anywhere. Yeah. And then most weekends I'd be doing an uphill only race somewhere. Okay. You know, I was I was never bothered about chasing big races, prize money. I I just like doing, you know, different races each yeah. year in, in new towns or villages. Yeah. And you know a lot of the runs as well. You you know you didn't just you know run international. You know you you did a lot of races in on 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 home soil too. Uh, yeah yeah. So you know, yeah. Like... So when when I was at home, I'd be doing because um, you used to come back from the summer and think, well, hey, I can do a proper race now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as much as I love Switzerland uh-huh. and the Alps, I, I, you you can't beat Scottish races. No, no, it's like it's just racing in the mud and heather. It's <laughs> yeah, and there's no like fancy pants. You know, start and finish, and you get you get yeah. a good blether, a good, good banter at the end, and uh, you know, and a good a good feed now and again as well. And you know, your winning prize there might not even be a winning prize. You know, it was just a if it was, yeah. it'd be a, a good old bottle of beer. You know. Uh, no is, medals, none of that. Just no, no, because I I did Mount Kinabalu race in Borneo probably four times, and we always used to joke us and the Brits that went out, you know, because in Mount Kinabalu, if you won it, you'd get four and a half thousand dollars, which really? you know that's big money. Yeah, yeah, and we we used to joke, you know, I can't wait until I go home and win my bottle of beer or <laughs> packet of Smarties <laughs> because. You you don't in, at home you don't cross the finish line and get a 
um, microphone shoved in your oh, face. It's, no, you know, no, it's, 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 it's much nicer just crossing the line and speaking to your mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, yeah. Like, you, you know, it must have just been like, and, and it's competitive too, you know, like the races, maybe not for you back when on your prime, but um, I mean, well, in terms of competitiveness for, for you, I mean, you were, you're competing. You, you were, you were racing the men. Overall, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, that, that's, I always knew which men I should be finishing round. So that's, that's how I always judged my performance by, you know, the percentage I was behind the winning man. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and, and you knew like, if you weren't with the group of men that you should have been, that you'd, you'd you know, it doesn't matter. It was insignificant that you might've been first woman. Yeah. I'd, I would have just judged it by who I was finishing the race with. And is that how you, you know, was that your sort of mindset when, because, you know, the joy of, of hill races is, is there's no, there's no distinguished, everyone runs together, you know, and okay, yeah. there's, there's gender, there's categories, but, um, you know, did, did you, did you enjoy that? Do you, you know, was that, did you enjoy? Yeah, I, I, I would much, I'd, I'd always much rather have a good hard race yeah. than, you know, just do a race and, and win it by miles. It's, mm -hmm. it's, for me, it's it's about the actual racing. It wasn't about the winning. So you'd always, you know, compare race against the men around you. It didn't matter that they they weren't in the same category. You you yeah. were racing the people that you were running with. Yeah, I think you know. Luckily, when you know I was still a junior, when uh, when you know when you were you know doing these big races, but. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, well, let's kind of fast forward to sort of the, the this sort of time when, when as a junior for me, and um, we, it was the World Trophy, uh, which was 2003. And yeah, in Alaska. Probably, you know, in Alaska, which, uh, you know, I was, I was delighted to be on, you know, being, being part of, you know, the team with you guys and uh, what a journey it was and what, a, you know, what, what a team you guys had you know the the, the senior women's team wow. right the, yeah no that that was i mean that for me that that was because we were first ladies team so yeah. scotland won the world trophy so for me that far outshone coming second overall yeah because tracy brinley was third and right. lynn wilson was 18th yeah and all three of us at the time were, for, were running for carnefi so I remember you know, that. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> best mates with Tracy, yeah. teammate, you know, with Lynn. So you, you couldn't hope for anything better, could you? That oh. three people from the same club that are all yeah. friends win the world champs. I'm I'm surprised you didn't put your Carnethy top on instead, you know, when you got on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have had, because I'd spent the summer in America. So yeah. I, I wouldn't have had my Carnethy top with me. <laughs> well, you did the, the, you won the Pikes Peak Marathon that year as well. That was your, your warm up, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that I went to Colorado and Boda and trained yeah. there. And yeah, Pikes Peak was, was the aim. Yeah. Which is, so, um, you know, the, it's another, you know, one of these other iconic races. If uh, no one, no one you knows, just look it up and you'll, you know, you'll see. Yeah. Because, because history and the sport yeah pike's peak is probably the most famous well apart from mount washington maybe yeah yeah but it is it's it's the mountain race that everybody all over the world knows about is pike's yeah. peak yeah um yeah. but yeah i mean talk, you know i remember seeing you guys in the podium in alaska and ah uh, it's just amazing watching just uh, it's just amazing you know just being part of that i mean 
we were, you know, as a junior for, for our team, I think we were fourth or fifth. Um, yeah, because you, I mean, you had Ian Donnan, didn't you? Um, yeah, we had Ian Donnan. And, and uh, John Newson. Yeah, Graham B. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's fourth as, yeah, I was, I think I was the fourth counter, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, Ian was, yeah, Ian was fourth. I think John was, like, in the top 15 and, and Graham was, like, 23rd. And I think I was, like, 32nd or something. But, like, remember that, remember when we got there, it was, it was a really nice day. It was cold. Uh, and then the day of the race, it just started it's snowing. Snowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I can remember just watching it. And yeah. as the day progressed, more and more snow fell. <laughs> and you probably don't know the story that uh, Melissa Moon, who won it, uh-huh. only had road shoes. Oh, did she? And Melissa Moon didn't have a pair of fell shoes. So she went around looking for some and Lou Roberts gave uh, Melissa... Or lent her a pair. She had two pairs, so she lent her a pair uh-huh. of fell shoes, and so that meant Melissa had really good grip on the descent, whereas she uh-huh. would have been uh, on her bum. And uh-huh. uh, and and at the end, Lou was devastated because, or she was really upset because she goes, "Oh, you would have won it if I didn't give uh-huh. uh, Melissa my shoes." And I'm and I just, you know, it doesn't matter. I'd rather yeah. race Melissa in a pair of fell shoes yeah. than watch her slide all the way down well, that hill. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, so many folk, that's what happened to them. I mean, you, you wouldn't have seen the folk because you were, you know, you're at the, the front. But remember the, um, there was a couple, was it was Eritrea there? Were they Eritreans? Some, uh, I can't remember if they were there that year, if it was in Italy. Um, but anyway, they, there, was a, there was a country that had road shoes. And I remember seeing a couple of guys lying at the side, you know, and they were, you know, yeah. bleeding noses and things, you know, the snow was red and you're just like, oh no, you know, the... <laughs> it was, uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting change of, of weather. Cause I remember that they said that, oh yeah, it won't, it won't snow. It's too early in the season. Boom. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it is, but I mean, you, you can get snow in September in Scotland occasionally. Yeah, can. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not unusual. No, no. But, uh, but it made it more memorable. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it, I'll never forget that, 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 event, you know, that race, obviously, because it was, you know, and that was kind of one of the, you know, the, the year after there was the, um, there was a world was... in, in Italy, uh, and it was one of the, the last kind of, there was the Scottish teams, you know, there was, there was a lot of. Yeah, um, 2005. Yes. Yeah. I think 2007 was the last Scottish team in Crowns yeah. Montana. Right, okay. Yeah, was that the last one? Yeah, and then it became um, you know, G- then it became GB. Yeah. But it might it might have actually been. Yeah, I know. I think that was about the last one, but I'd have to check to be yeah. sure. Yeah. So so yeah. yeah so I mean you know for, from there you you've established this like you know huge success. Now how did you deal with that? You know did you find it was easy enough to? You know, <laughs> one, uh, it, it was. Yeah. very easy for hill running because huh? apart from hill runners nobody knew that you were a successful runner yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it was like top secret information yeah 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 and uh, you know I, I think you know i think a lot of folk kind of knew who you were you know it's uh yeah you, you were also nominated for one the world sports awards as well like it was like alongside David Beckham and Jonathan Edwards, Lennox Lewis, and all that. So, yeah, that was that was in two thousand after I won the world. Yeah, the um, Bergen, Trophy. Germany. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, 
I think it was extreme sports where I wouldn't define hill running as extreme sports, <laughs> but, but I, d- I didn't, one, I didn't go to the prize given because I was in New Zealand and two, yeah. I didn't win it either. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got this CD of the uh, evening's procedures. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> um, now, you, to be fair, you know, you, you, got, you also got into, you started getting in really, you've got done a, you've been around the world, really racing. It's, it's amazing. Um, but you, you Scottish Cross Country Championships in 2004, uh, you know, you're, you're third there. Um, and 2005, you, you, you also did the World Trophy then. Um, and I think you were, yeah, you were, you were first, I think you're first over 35. Um, that was oh, it. that was the World Masters in Keswick. Yeah, yeah. Keswick. Yeah, in, in oh, yeah. 2005. Yeah, because in 2004, I had a knee operation. Right. So um, I had microfracture technique. I'd worn away the cartridge on my right femur. Oh, really? So that I was on crutches for two months and then spent the next six months rehabbing. Mm -hmm. So 2005, I I did the World Masters, Demiat, and... Uh, the World Trophy in Alaska, um, in New Zealand, and that that was all the hill races I did because I wasn't supposed to be running downhill at the time. Okay. Do you know what caused uh, your, your injury? Yeah. Well, I I was born with um, club feet. Right. So my feet were twisted. Mm-hmm. So I've had very bad biomechanics all my life. And the surgeon thought it was just the way that I pronate was putting all the pressure on the inside of my knee. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I wore away the cartridge, or yeah. that's what he assumed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's, you know, all that time as well, you know, to, to do, to run those. It, was it was it painful then? Was it just an ongoing? Did you feel it in the background, or is it was it always? Like... No, it, I did um, a British Championship in Northern Ireland. Yeah, sleep Donard or Donard Commodore, I think, okay. and then went for a run on Arthur Seat the following, you know, a couple of days later. Yeah, and something went in my knee on the descent, and then I spent a couple of months not being able to run until I got an MRI. Yeah. And, uh, and then when they, because I was in the Institute of Sport at the time, they found yeah. out what was wrong with it and I could get it operated on privately. Yeah, okay. Whereas, because it wasn't at that time, and I don't know if it is now, it wasn't a technique they would do on the national health anyway. You could only get it done privately. Right. But it seemed to do the trick anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the year, years preceding those, you then started doing skyrunning. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I started in two thousand and six doing sky running. Yeah, and that that was when you <laughs> you had your teams, the Sab Sab Salomon uh, team. You, you were, yeah, I th- um, I think probably by two thousand and yeah, it was still Sab Salomon. But then a few years later, we just became the Salomon Racing Team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how was that then? You know, was that just you were? I mean, again, you know, it's there's uh, there's no like ups or down or what's the word um shocks for the listeners she she won everything <laughs> it, i mean i absolutely loved the sky races yeah i didn't like the commercialization that goes with them yeah 
that's, Zagama, that's what I found hard to swallow. But the yeah. the races, you know, Zagama in Spain, Peasbury, Canastai, you know, they're some absolutely uh, Valamenko, Posiava, which isn't a race now because it doesn't happen. But yeah. you know, there there's some absolutely brilliant races, and the courses, you know, good, hard, long. Ten. Most of them were four or five hour races. Yeah. The kind is is kind of distance that I like. Yeah. So you you know it's it was long enough that you could still not not so long that you 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 know you weren't running hard for for all of it. You you could still race quite hard. Yeah. Well, t- yeah. talk us through like sky run. You know, like these types of races, like Zagama's a massive one, isn't it? Like that's a, a yeah. real, um you know pinnacle race. Yes, the sky run and calendar. Yeah, yeah Zagama's um, in the Basque area. Yeah. And it, it goes up a limestone peak. So a lot of it on the lower running in and out to this limestone peak, you're in a lot of beach woodland. It's really yeah. nice trails lower down on these the beach woodland. And then you come up the limestone escarpment and you just go along a ridge with amazing vistas and limestone slabs and they they have in certain places where the easily accessible places on the course you know you do have masses and masses of crowds and it's it's deafening the amount of support they give you and it's just this poxy little village called Zagama in in the Basque country that organize it I mean it's a massive event for just a small community but yeah. they 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 live for that race every year. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. so much about it. I've, I I don't know if it's be my type of thing, you know, the the technical side of things. But it sounds. Yeah, just... it's it's. I mean, it is. It's just. I mean, it's not that technical, and that's a lot yeah. of the sky races aren't technical. It's just the altitude they run at. Yeah. Okay. You know, because because to me, a real sky race has to go at altitude. You know, you'd go up to. 2,000, 2,500 metres and back down. Whereas now, as sky running has become more popular across Europe and further afield, a lot of the races, uh, they're more akin to hill races. They're yeah. not at altitude. Because yeah, the countries, road. you know, to me, you can't have sky running in the UK because we don't have the altitude. Yeah. But now we do have sky races in the UK. Yeah. And to me, they're just fell races in the Aye. UK. Just uh, a glorified uh, hill race, eh? <laughs> yeah but it's, it's it's just just the way they've rounded yeah, it yeah, yeah yeah or something like the glencoe skyline I, I i would admit that's a sky race because that's technical yeah technical yeah. Yeah. it's one of your higher peaks isn't it as well yeah and yeah. and you, you can't really get much more technical than anna Kigak in a race yeah that's <laughs> true um but yeah i mean the, the other one you know in the midst of all these sky running, you know, you, you, you were winning them all. You were winning, you know, the world sky running championship series. Um, you were just doing amazing. And, uh, one, one of the ones I, I want, you know, I remember you, you go into this and I remember being a, a, you know, growing up going, I would love to go to Everest, but I don't, I'd be too scared to climb it, but you ran the Everest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you ran the, um, you know, the Everest marathon. Yeah. Uh, um, what was that like? The, the Everest Marathon, it's, it's unusual because the Everest Marathon, it's, you know, it's an expensive race to do. And so a few people haven't done it, but most, most people that do the race, you have to, you know, go on the trek into Everest Base Camp. 
Yeah. So you arrive in Kathmandu and then you spend the two weeks trekking into Everest Base Camp to acclimatise because you couldn't start a race at 5,400 metres or whatever it is without acclimatising properly. You would die. You know, you would get altitude sickness and about three people in the party the year I went, there's probably about 50 runners, maybe a bit more uh-huh. that go. And, and you know, about three people didn't do the race because they got had to leave um, with altitude sickness or one one guy had a DVT. Jesus. And, and so, you know, it's the trek into and they, they run it at the end of November, beginning of December. So the Everest Base Camp trek isn't as busy as what it would be in peak trekking time. So yeah. you trek in, you go up go up Shep you know you 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 have the trekking experience see some amazing views but the one thing about the 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 event is it's not how good you are it's if you can get to the start line without having any nasty bugs on the way yeah yeah okay because so so many people get um sickness and diarrhea yeah that on the trek in that by the time they get to the race they they they're just dehydrated they haven't acclimatized to altitude properly you know so they're feeling really bad before they've even started the race and I was I was lucky because I didn't get any sickness on the trek in and you are because very few of us have raced at that height it's totally the unknown as to how hard you should push it at the beginning because if obviously if you push it too hard you're going to blow up and you're really going to struggle yeah yeah. But I mean, yeah, so so you, you trek in over 10 days, two weeks and then run out over a Sunday morning. Yeah, jeez. And yeah. and it and it is, it's just it's a really inhospitable environment because you you set off and you're in all your winter woolies, you have to carry a rucksack with um you know mandatory gear. Yeah. So you start off with your hat gloves, two fleeces, your leggings, and then obviously by the time you get down to Nampshi Bazaar where it finishes mm. it's it's not minus 20 degrees it's 26 degrees <laughs> and you're, 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 you're oh. um vest and shorts then yeah 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 and, you know again it goes without saying you know it was another another win for you um but but that you know that running that you know what was that like was it the the scenery and you know and, I, it, it's and it's and because things. there's like not a lot of there isn't a big field in it yeah they have a lot of um nepalese to it so there's quite a few sherpas in it but so it's it's a very lonely experience yeah you know it's not head-to-head racing but you know you can't wish for a better event running along these trails where there's a few yaks and there weren't very many i mean it would have because that was 2007 so it's probably a lot busier now but it was very very quiet and a bit of snow on the ground and you know you've got Everest, Amadubla, absolutely, you know, oh, just brilliant experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now I kind of want, yeah, kind of talk about your your sort of experiences. Kind of, what would you say your most iconic, ex, you know, racing experiences? And I know you mentioned the the world ones, but is there any, you know, any of the successes that I haven't really spoke about yet that that you you know you would say is your main highlight? No, I mean, I, I always say my main highlight in on Europe is uh, Zanel. Yeah, okay. Because you know that that it, everything went right that day, and it and it was. I had a really good run. It's a beautiful course, and the atmosphere 
you know, was electric. Yeah, okay. And yeah. in, in terms of like, you know, when things have gone, gone right and um, just your, you know, we haven't really spoke about your training. What sort of training, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, it's like almost- I never success, trained, I just yes. raced. You got to work hard for these successes, you, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe some people maybe don't, but, uh, you know, you must have put in a lot of, you know, some really good training and, uh, you know, I think what would be your, your sort of things that you, you, you felt were the main contributors to your success? It's, it's I mean, it, I just trained like any other endurance runner. Yeah. I used to, Mondays to Fridays, train twice a day, two speed sessions and then a race or session on a Saturday and a long one on a Sunday. Yeah. But I would have been unusual in that my sister Janice didn't run. So when I was running at my best, I actually spent a lot of weekends just out doing big long days in the uh, Munro's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just so big. you know, you you I would get a lot of climbing and descending in my legs, but mm. not. I wouldn't be running. I'd just be walking with my sister. Yeah. Yeah. But and I and I think looking back, I think it it would be really because you know that made me really good at steep climbs but also it meant because you weren't doing mega long runs you were still fresh to do the quality stuff later on in the week yeah okay whereas if I was running all those Monroes I wouldn't have been getting the the quality in to the same extent yeah so it was almost mm -hmm. like you know cross training but you know you're, you're still yeah very a similar it's, movement pattern as well which probably would have helped a lot yeah and and as well um you know, if I've got Jack Russell's and if one of the dogs gets tires or knacker, I'd stick it in the rucksack and carry that up a hill, which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's always good adding an extra five kilos in your bag. <laughs> big, good, big, good bit of resistance training. Nice. nice. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I also do, um, did, well, I still do it now, is a lot on the bike. Yeah. Okay. Which, which also helps your training and, and it's good because it, it doesn't take, you know, the continual pounding does take a lot out of your legs if you're running downhill all the time. Whereas, you know, if you have a, like after you do a long race, especially a sky race, my legs used to be shattered after them is, you know, just spend a few days on the bike. Yeah. Then you're still getting decent training in, but you haven't got the impact with it. Yeah. And was that like just big rides or just, you know, nice, simple, easy rides? Or was it like, you know, more hilly rides or? What, was that a mix? Yeah. I mean, it, it would be a mix. Hilly and um, just just longer, flatter rides, depending which direction I go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and I suppose you were, were you were you working then or were you full-time as a runner? You know, how, how was that? How... No, um, I used to work in the winter months and yeah. then take um, time off in the summer. And then in 2004, five, I qualified as a massage therapist yeah okay so that meant that I could then take time off when I wanted to take time off to go and race you know and take long weekends off and nobody could say nah you can't have the holiday <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah I'd say it's a dream eh? yeah yeah nice um, well then then after a bit you realize that the clients expect you to be there more than you want to be there <laughs> but you know <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, and, and what about your kind of fueling, you know, like how did you, you know, in terms of, did you have any specific like food routine or like, did you have any special diet or, you know, what? 
or did you just you know no i i i always say that i i have a seafood diet i just seafood and eat it <laughs> I've 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 never been into gels or bars. Uh, I just jelly babies used to be my thing in long races. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I'm all into Percy pigs. Nice. Going and uh, and you know and and I'd rather like on carry moors and OMS two day events or you know the boat race or something. You know I I just take flapjacks and sandwiches. Yeah. 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 I'm, de I'm definitely into conventional food <laughs> nice nice and uh you know and that's kind of like i suppose you you know you've such a a wide-ranging resume in terms of running distances as well and you know from short to, to longer you, you didn't you know you never really did you do any like road uh, you know, you never really ventured on the roads, did you? Really, you... I I did one road marathon. I okay. did Paris in two thousand and two. Oh, okay. And I, I I wanted. I mean, I wanted to get a Commonwealth standard. Yeah. But my I made the mistake of not actually training on the road for the first road marathon, which after fifteen miles, kind of my legs uh, protested. <laughs> okay. and and then like i i tried two other t i mean i hated road running and I, yeah. I i tried twice more and and i always got the same injury on the road so then i thought well what's the point of you know trying something or you know training for something that i'm not enjoying yeah yeah i'd, I'd much rather be on the hills or yeah. trails any day than running on tarmac yeah definitely yeah i, I agree in, um, yeah because i mean you can count on one hand the number of 10Ks I've done in my life because yeah. I don't, you know, I just don't like roads. <laughs> yeah. Let's bypass them. They're not ingesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, how long, you, you know, when when you found, your, you know, your peaks, obviously, at, from from your sort of, your your peak was probably 2000 and, or your best years, would you say? I don't really know, you know, because you had such no, a, in the, the noughties, you, you really did run well throughout the whole of 2000 to 2007, really, even, you know, you were winning everything. Yeah, well, that, that's, I mean, kind of from, probably about, because 97, I was, yeah, 97, I was fourth in the Europeans, and 99, I was second. Yeah. So probably from about ninety-seven onwards. Yeah. Until yeah, late two thousanders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two thousand seven, eight. And you know, I must say you're still you're still doing really well now, you know, and you're still running and, and how's that, you know, how's that transition been from you know your your kind of early years to you know your your kind of I suppose you know master's years now um competing. Yeah. Well, I mean, now I don't because I've had injury problems, yeah. quite a few. Um, I, I pick up various injuries then. So now I do a lot more on the bike than what I do running. Yeah. And, you know, aim for races and just keep my fingers crossed that I'll be able to do them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot more hit and miss now, but I've kind of... I Because I always thought, oh, yeah, I finished the international stuff and then I can do all these races as in trying to do all these races as well in the UK that I missed. Yeah. But then you realise that all the years training, it does catch up with you. Yeah. 
and I'm 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 a realist, so I kind of think, well, as long as I can run, and, and for me it is, even if I can't run, as long as I can be out on the hill, yeah, I'm happy. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a great it's a great kind of attitude to have as well, because you know, as everyone has a a peak, and everyone you know. It, yeah, it, and it, and you you can, you know, because you you I I think my my philosophy is you have you know a, a limited mileage in your body and and when you go over that then things start going wrong yeah yeah so you, you just have to make the most of what you've got and then accept you know I, I just look back what I've done and the issues I've had with my feet and I think well I'm lucky really that I, I could do what I did yeah it's amazing like you know I'm, I'm gonna have just all your achievements it's just phenomenal to to have someone of your caliber on on TRS and you know as <laughs> And in, in on you know in, in the Scottish calendar, and you're su- you're such an influencer still. You know you you know you you're still on the running scene. You know whether or not you're competing, you're you're organising events. Um, you're still um, you know you're obviously part of the Scottish Athletics Commission, and uh, you're one of the, the the event leads as well. So, kind of you know tell tell us a little bit about what 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 you're kind of doing in in the running calendar. You know in the running scene now. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm with um, the national event lead for hill and mountain running for Scottish Athletics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is basically, you know, communicating to the athletes and trying to trying to get them all to compete at you know the level, international level um, that they're capable of, and egging them on a bit and developing the junior section. And this this year we were. Well, I wanted to to start developing the juniors, you know, hill racing a lot more, but obviously yeah. COVID came along, so yeah. it's right. not really progressed very much. No, no, no. It's but yeah, I mean, you know, I I I, I still it still baffles me when I get an email from you, and I'm like, God, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, I don't know how long I'm still gonna get emails, like you know when. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, as, as long as you're running well, then, then you'll be on my list. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. So I, I, I'll, I'll try and stay on that list as long as I can then. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it is. It's, 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 I mean, for you especially, because now the world trail running and mountain running in the foreseeable future are, are going to be at the same championships. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to be communicating with more ultra runners i would have thought to, yeah. to try and get them interested i think it's a, a you know a really good thing can you know the the combination um and also it'll be in terms of the you know the national side of things do you think it's going to be you know think it'll always be gb or do you think it'll change you know in the, the future depending on what happens you know ask Nicholas Sturgeon in the SNP <laughs> if, if it's always going to be GB yeah yeah yeah. I mean it, it does depend you know what happens in the future with because yeah. it is IWAF now isn't it it's um yeah like, like, yeah so it's, it's obviously governed by well it's it's uh yeah well world, world athletics you're out of touch Oh, I'm at my cheese. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that makes a total difference, but yeah, it's then and, and yeah, uh, while Scotland is part of the UK, then it's probably not feasible that we'll have a Scotland team. But yeah, who knows? It'd be nice if we could go independent. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking because it's going to be a lot. It's going to it's going to get harder and harder for me to 
to ever get in the team you see so <laughs> let's see. but the well, Scottish, I mean, you know we've got some class you know class athletes in, in Scotland. Uh, the, yeah Scott the men at the moment and you yeah. know you've got Robbie Andy and Jacob yeah so we've got three quarters of the British team at the moment yeah. all living north of the border well one of them lives in the lakes but he's still north of the border still floating about there you know, for yeah. like each each country is. <laughs> we've we've had Jacob, but we've, in fact we've had all all three of them on the on the show. It's uh, in you know brilliant brilliant runners as well, and you know there's a lot of other potential athletes. And in terms of the juniors as well, um, you know how 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 is there you know some some real uh, you know folk to look out for in in, in the juniors. Well, this this is. I mean, Anna Headley is yeah. obviously a talent, but she might decide to do track and field rather than hill running. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, in at the moment in cross country, Megan Keith is is amazing. And if, oh, if yeah. Megan decided to turn to the hill at a later stage, then she's definitely one for the future. Yeah, definitely. So, but seeing, you know, like this year, we've had so few junior races because it change, you know, juniors, they perform really well one year, then they grow, so they don't perform well the next yeah. year. So this year, we haven't really been able to keep tabs on... And how everyone's getting on. On, on how everybody's getting on. Yeah. I think it'll be, you know, next year will be a, hopefully a, a lot of pleasant surprises. Because, um, you yeah. right, you know, juniors can develop so much in, in a year, eh? And, uh, but it, and, and as well, it's a, it's a lot of how they develop and how hard they're training. Yeah. True. So some of them appear to be slow developers, but they're not training that hard to another club. Mm -hmm. So when they, you know, go to university, they'll train harder, and then suddenly they're like, "Well, hey, they've they've come on loads." Yeah, yeah, yeah. exciting, really exciting. You know, yeah, in the, the future, and hopefully there's going to be more opportunity. You know, there's I, I I think you know we we have got a lot of opportunities, and um, you know, for for me anyway, uh, it's been a lot of opportunity in hill running to, to do national races and you know and you guys in the commission do a great job of of um you know giving it not just the junior runners opportunities but senior runners as well so yeah. you know just talk us briefly um on, on what sort of opportunities for because a lot of listeners here you know listening at the moment aren't they, they maybe haven't done much hill running or they they're very good at the track and the road but maybe they would like to to, to see give it a go like what, what sort of you know national and international opportunities is there for for um for some of the runners the scottish runners yeah so i mean the the real the home internationals there's a senior home international and snowden international and yeah. so snowden's up and down but the senior international it depends if the world's is in world championships and the europeans you have uphill only years an up and down years and they're out, they alternate so an uphill only year is a really good year for um road cross-country runners to have a go you know at hill running because yeah. it's not technical you don't need the technical because to, to descend to descend well you need to practice and be you know have a few goes at a, a, a descent whereas an uphill only race it's more about endurance and cardio fitness yeah yeah. So, so like in Conway this year, the Scottish Championship, it, it, you know, there was a lot of runners there that don't traditionally do hill runners because they they can give an uphill only race a very very good shot. Yeah. 
I think yeah. some uh, amazing, you know, some quick names in there. Oh, they're not your senior yeah. runner, which is good, you know, good to see. Yeah, it's, it's good. And and then, yeah. you know, when if you get like somebody like Jamie Crow and Andy Douglas that yeah. are very good cross-country runners and Andy obviously does the hills, but Jamie dips in and out of the hills. Yeah. You know, when, when cross-country road runners are seeing athletes like Jamie and Andy do well, then hopefully that will tempt some of some of them to give it a go yeah do you um do you in terms of back to you do you think there's more opportunities for runners now you know compared to maybe what you had back in your day well i mean the there's there's a lot more races now yeah i mean internationally there's it's no different it used to be snowden in a senior home international than the world's in the european so it, it's the same but for like the world cup series i mean last year when andy douglas won the series yeah there are nine races in the series nine whereas when i was doing it there were six races we only had to do four races from six yeah, yeah. obviously if you were being competitive you would do all six yeah sure. and when i was doing it it was more achievable in that the races were all in europe yeah whereas last year andy had races in america i can't remember what other far-flung places there were but but then that that you know then you have to have a sponsor to be able to do those races or or you know rich parents because (laughs) most of us aren't going to be able to we might go to america like when i did pikes peak you know i stayed in america for a good time yeah but i wouldn't go to america you know, for a weekend to do a race and then fly back because it's 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 too expensive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, and and there, I mean, there's there's yeah. So there's there's new races cropping up everywhere, and and the kind of races are changing as well. Whereas when I was doing uphill only races, they were like ten k races that take you fifty minutes, sixty minutes. You know, classic races all over Europe. But now we're going airing on the side of vertical k's. Aye. Short, sharp, very, very steep races. And, you know, the Ocha running has come on in leaps and bounds. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. When, it's like yeah, you know, be- the middle, the middle bit's not exciting. You know, it's still exciting, but uh, yeah, vertical Ks and, you know, long ultra yeah. mountain races. <laughs> it's uh, crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. But it is now it's, it's, you know, the longer the bear where yeah. whereas you know when i was at my best you had very i mean the utmb wasn't even started up at you know in yeah, the 90s was, it? yeah no it's Quite it's, it's a, a historically it's a relatively new race yeah yeah that's uh would you have done that do you think you know you're you're playing well I, I i kind of yeah i would have been my prime and and now it's it's got too big too commercial to be appealing to me yeah, yeah, it's really. Cool. I, I mean, I, I did it as a twenty-five year old with a backpack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it took me several days, <laughs> and 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 you know now I just look at it and I think it's too big. I'd I'd rather do some of the guys in uh, Conefi did an Alpine race, uh, Swiss race where there was only like a hundred people, and that would be far more appealing to yeah. me now. Yeah. It's just picking an obscure race where you are running these massive distances, but with a lot less people. Yeah. So, so you know, you are, it's you on the hill rather than you on the hill surrounded by... With everyone else, yeah. 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 
definitely. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's you know, it's I I love the experience, but it was very busy. You know, now based on what's happened, it's going to be really difficult to replicate that kind of race again. You know, for a while, I would imagine until as COVID that you know um, yeah. calms down. Well, I, I mean, the the French they they had the French five day orienteering event in July August where they had fifteen hundred people. So oh, yeah. you know. Jeez. Yeah, they they might go ahead with it. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> we're too cautious here. I I think so. Yeah. Uh, so well, talking that you know, just talking about the kind of last side of things. Um, I just want to chat about is fartlet questions. Uh, now I kind of did give you a couple of you know I, I mentioned them. So the the fartlet questions they can be as as short or as long as you want them to be. So you know a uh, a vertical K to a uh, uh, I, I, you know, a, an ultra, ultra race length. So you, de you decide. Um, so yeah, this quick fire one. So pre-race meal, what, what did you used to have before a, a big race? Pasta. Pasta, nice. Okay, that was going to be my carb of choice. What is your carb of choice? Would it be pasta? Um, pasta when I was younger, but yeah. potatoes now. Ah, potatoes, nice, nice. Yeah, um, I'm a tatty person. <laughs> and what's your favourite shoe? was my favorite shoe <laughs> there's not to be a running shoe eh? <laughs> no no i i uh but prior to speed cross five i absolutely loved my speed cross now they're too wide oh okay yeah, yeah not not for technical but you know just training runs on trails speed cross were my yeah. favorite shoe it's a, du a durable shoe i've had my speed crosses for ages now in there yeah, they, they last for ages and, and yeah. you know, if you're on the forest tracks, they've got good cushioning. And yeah, you can yeah, yeah. go up the hills in them. Yeah, they're quite versatile. Yeah. Um, and this might be one, a difficult one for you. Carnethy or Oak, Oak Hill Runners? What's your favourite club? Uh, well, <laughs> I've got to say Carnethy because I'm in Carnethy, but I, I much prefer the purple vest of the Oak Hill Runners. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I thought it was a controversial question there but <laughs> or did it well <laughs> um what's i might know the answer to this one but favorite race like what's your not does it uh, my well i don't know if i'm allowed to have this one the scottish island peaks boat race oh nice nice uh yeah I'd that's one i've lot I, I really i got invited one year um to be one of the hill runners but uh it's yeah i really want to it's, next year yeah but no it's it's, it's definitely definitely one you should do it's it's just a every time you do it it's a completely different experience really oh. yeah okay well if uh, if any anyone's doing it next year and they need a hill runner let, let me know <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's, a, there's a lot of navigation that's my only worry you know when it comes to to navigating around the race around the hill. uh do it with a runner that knows the way or you definitely need to recce jura if you've not yeah. been to jura no i haven't no okay well, yeah. noted, noted for next year. Is it every two? It's not every year though. Is it not like every? Two? Or as you can, you can watch um, Lewis McMillan's video on uh, the Scottish Athletics YouTube web page of the Jura Fell race. All oh, right, okay. It's it's just Louis running around the Jura Fell race. It's 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 really well done. It's it's beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I'll have to have a look at that then. Um, and what's your favourite place to run? I don't know. It depends what day of the week it is, yeah, doesn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, lo locally, it it would be up Stuka Coin, up yeah. Ben Eak and along the Rough Ridge. Nice. I can't do fast running anymore. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and what's what do you prefer, descending or ascending? Uh, I'm. I've always been a climber. Yeah. Ascending. Yeah. yeah. Uh, running hero. Who's your run? Have you got a running hero? I don't do heroes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some folk could see you. So yeah. 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 Uh, what's your? Do you drink beer or wine or anything? Are you Tito or do you? No, 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 I, I do drink. I'm more of a, um, I dare I say, it, I'm, I'm more of a lager person and I oh, really yeah. like the um, the European lagers that everybody nice. else, else hates. <laughs> the busy ones. Right. Have you got a favourite cake or biscuit? I'm, I'm trying to think what my favourite cake would be now. I, I would say a chocolate brownie. I'm a chocolate yeah. person. Nice, nice. And um, what's your favourite distance? You... Any, uh, uh, I was going to say probably like Pentland skyline type distance, two yeah. to three hours. Okay. And that kind of brings me into the next question. If there's one race that you were, you could do, it doesn't have to be one you've done, but... Uh, maybe one you'd like to do, what would it be? Uh, I don't know at the moment. <laughs> we'll come back to that one then at some point, no doubt. We'll insert it if we have to, if you remember. <laughs> or, no, nothing. No, well, no, I mean, the, the, the one, the race I wanted to do this year is the Norseman, which is a triathlon, but I don't think oh, really? that really counts in a running event, does it? A no, running I, I, arguably, it would, it would work, I'm sure. Uh, still yeah, got well, no, that, that's, well, yeah, so this year, uh, my race for this year, what I was supposed to be training for was the Norseman in Norway. Oh, wow. Have but obviously, I, I couldn't even get to Norway and yeah. the race was cancelled. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Have you done the Keltman before or anything? Uh, I've done the Keltman badly twice. <laughs> so what, what, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a swimmer, so um, uh, you you get. Uh, I didn't appreciate how how much the swim takes out of you as and when you're in cold water for that long, and then it it totally, yeah, destroys the in, in Norway as well, because it's, it's not colder there. Would be or is it now warmer? When, when do you know I, I think because Norway at that time of year is hotter than Scotland yeah so I'm assuming because it's in August that the sea would be warmer than a lock in Scotland in yeah maybe because the, the lock was is you know it's like 13 degrees or something ridiculous it's freezing ah oh, I can do that yeah jeez I didn't realize that's something you're into is, is... uh well it's not I, I don't do triathlons I just <laughs> It'd be a good challenge, yeah. though. To, to yeah, do. so, sure so yeah, do really well. Yeah, so yeah, the Keltman is because you run up Ben A and that's yeah. a really nice cycle, but yeah. the swim, unfortunately, is the first bit of the event. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, well, other than that, I think we're, yeah, that's all the questions I've got. So, just uh, if there's one, one, the last one I have got is if there's one bit of advice you'd give our, you know, their listeners in terms of, you know, performance and running, you know, how to improve their runs, what would you, what would you give them? I, I would say, listen to your body. Okay. Yeah. Really good one. 
yeah yeah so if you're overtraining or you got a niggle yeah then give it a give it a rest yeah okay and uh and you know and if someone has got a niggle you know you you're a massage therapist as well so can yeah where can we yeah. find where can we find you how can they you know, uh hunt you down i need to relax in sterling or you just put my name in and yeah i have a, a very out of date web page on the internet <laughs> 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 which i don't actually know how to go in and change that's why yeah. it's out of date it's, yeah it's uh finding that was that's a struggle i had i had the my old um personal trainer website i was like i can't, don't know how i to change it <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just there <laughs> it's just there but the phone no the phone number is still the same yeah. so it's not all bad <laughs> brilliant well uh, yeah well really it's been great having you on the show angela and yeah really appreciate your time i did say it'd be between 45 and an hour and there's just so much we can chat about you know, we could chat for hours and hours about all your successes and just you know running in general and uh yeah real pleasure having you on you know on, on the show and i uh, yeah i really hope to see you at hill racing and you know hopefully next year maybe in the end of the year who knows what will happen and yeah it'll be great to catch up with you again so i know it was good to good to chat yeah not chat, not, not had a good chat for a long time Thanks so much for joining, Angela. That's brilliant. We're so so pleased to get you on. That's uh, as I say, a lot of a lot of people were after that for a long time. So that's really good. One thing we can um, we want to uh, also mention is Tartan Shorts. Since we last spoke, Tartan Shorts are now on sale. So you know we we said this on Twitter. There was two things we started the show to do. Number one was create a conversation around athletics in Scotland which is an ongoing process. And we, I think we do that with varying levels of success. Sometimes it's shambolic, sometimes it's better, but I still think <laughs> we're doing that. Objective number two was to reintroduce the tartan short to the, uh, the Scottish running community. And finally, we've only gone and done it. Now, the shorts, to be, again, we want to be completely transparent with everyone. With Ron Hill, who are the manufacturer of the original tartan short, we've gone for a bulk batch of 100. So we are, at the moment, there were about 15 or 15 order short of the of the order being triggered so if you're listening to this and you haven't put your order in put your order in because two things a we want to get it going but b once we hit the order we're going to order and if you decide two weeks later you want a pair there might not be another run at this for this a while so yeah. this exactly so this is it so so go on tartanrunningshorts.com put your order in for the, the the loads and loads of you put your orders in already fantastic thank you so much Brilliant. It shows um, that people listen to us. Eh? Absolutely. I know it's a little bit low tech the way we've done this. It's a Google form and a PayPal, but um, we and probably no uh, confirmation email yet. But once we get, once we hit the hundred, we will email you. We will confirm when the shipping is, and at that stage, we will, um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll let you know the, the the dates and timings. But we're super excited. We're very confident that, that by December we will have tartan shorts winging their way to you and. I don't know about you, Carl, but I can't wait to see a pair of tartan oh. shorts at a race. You know, <laughs> I, I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. And do you know what? Like, the, do you know what? It, it ties in well with the TRS uh, strategic plan as well. You know, where once you guys get the shorts, you guys and girls get the shorts. Next, you know, one, once you're wearing them, you're going to have another special announcement coming your way. Uh, yeah. But we're going to keep that on on tenter hooks until uh, potentially mid December, maybe uh, the first of January. But 
Honestly, you guys are going to be absolutely going to be so excited by it all. I'm not just saying that you guys are going to be really, really excited. I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited. And actually, what I mean, there's a few things happening at the moment which are kind of shaping up TRS 2021. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be I'm not going to be around in Aberdeen anymore, so I'm not training at the club. I'm, I'm having to step down from the Metro Aberdeen committee as chairman, which is which is quite sad, but um, excited to move on to new things. Kyle's got the the we've got the the Kyle's Mori race series is coming and the TRS training so there's there's a few uh, things that come together that were yeah December stay tuned it's going to be cool um, uh, it's going to be really really cool as uh and you guys are going to be yeah absolutely buzzing for it as well maybe more so than we are eh? <laughs> I, hopefully more than us <laughs> yeah hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. Um, news then so I've got uh, there's a couple of bits of news there was a huge amount to put up but before we get into race results and there's only one real race result since we've been away cross country's cancelled at the moment which is a real shame so the short course is, is cancelled as we said at the top of the show you know big kudos to Scottish Athletics it really looked like it was happening but with this tiered system and the what is an impending lockdown it's uh, their hands are tied so Unfortunate, but there was a lot of really proactive people in the background trying to make races happen at the moment. So kudos to them. Um, we'll we will hopefully be able to provide some information soon when on on races to come. One thing we do want to talk a bit of news I did want to talk about because there's two bits of news that made me lol uh, and and when I was preparing for the show tonight. First one. A couple of weeks ago, there was this chat about Killian Yorney running a 10k against the Inga Britsons. <laughs> now, Earl or, or Jakobin de Winston. Now, to set the scene, Killian Yorney did a 10k uphill or some nonsense session that like, nobody saw I the saw data. That. Apparently, yeah. ran like 29 flat or something, having uphill on a 10k, having just done like 10 by a mile or something hill reps. It was, it was an, it was a session that you you read, you shouted bullshit the minute you read it. Anyway, <laughs> off the back of this, he's gonna run. He's gonna race. Um, uh, Jakob Britson over 10k. Lo and behold, he runs 29.59, which is a fast time, but it's not, let's be honest, it's not an elite time, right? Ah, it's and not, it? he comes out with all these little bits and excuses. And I think Kilignone is a technically incredibly gifted, is what he does at Ultra and on trail is amazing. But I think this just shows that he's, you know, he's not the 10k is, is a distance in itself, and road is a, is a speciality in itself. And you can't just rock up and, um, I think. Yeah, I I I think Killian to run that time is a great time um, for an ultra runner and for what he does. He's a climber. He's he's not really that kind of runner. Um, but what what kind of got me was the marketing around it. And I know it's it's spicing things up. It's bringing different di- disciplines of sport uh, together, but or, or different disciplines of our sport together. Um, but like Killian versus Jacob, come on. Oh, like, do you know what Jacob ran, ran though? Jacob ran thirty-five oh five. Why did you run thirty-five? Well, I mean, this is a classic runners' world type article. It says Jacob ran a shocking thirty-five oh five. He ran. I mean, he must have been pacing or something. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was easy run, probably. Like, get a grip. Like, what, that's that annoys me. Like, just don't put. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm reading the same article. Jacob ran a shocking thirty. It's not. It's it's shock. He wouldn't have been doing anything. He wouldn't have been racing for. 35 minutes when he's a, a you know a low 13 5k a, a 27 exactly. minute 10K. come on like if i ran a 42 minute 10k and, and folk called me out for it i would tell them to piss off like don't just say that's the time i ran like look find out the reason why i ran a 35.05 anyway we're ranting we're ranting here but um, 
Do you know what, though? What makes me laugh, right? Killing your name afterwards, he says, or beforehand, as a novice, my expectations aren't big. I would be really happy if I'm able to grab a few seconds to what is my training PB around 29.30. That says it all. Training PB. Come on, man. Sort yourself <laughs> out. That's as bad as these people who march around saying they've got a virtual 10K PB that's a minute quicker than their times. You know, I'm I'm having none of that. I'm having zero of that. You're a 29.59 man, son. That's it, which is good, but not great. Nah, nah. Robbie Simpson's got a faster time than Killian, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and it, I just don't like. I get the whole like, so right, you know, he had his own camera crew and all that, and he came like 18th in the race <laughs> <laughs> in Norway of all places. Jesus. Yeah. Like, I could on him. I mean, it's nice that he did something slightly different, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, I think I think we've 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 said enough about that. We have said enough of it. Remember, we talked about a marathon like, a while ago. But... To be fair, like everyone's boning about his time, like exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, but that's time. the problem. That's the problem with this sort of these are people are not proper athletics fans because if they were, they would realize that result pales into a into an into a year when the ten k world record's gone at what twenty six something. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 year. nonsense. Three and a half just, minutes, more than three and a half minutes slower than the, the world record. But these people aren't athletics fans. They pander to celebrity. They're not, you know, they're not educated and informed on on times. They just know the name Killing Yorney and think he must run 27 minutes for 10K. It's nonsense. Or that whatever yeah. he runs must be best in the world. So that's why I lolled at that. Now, the second news that I lolled at, I don't know if you've opened the article, but so Galen Rupp returned <laughs> to run a 10-mile American record. Kudos to him for that. I've got, I think the time is fair play. He ran, um, what did he run? He was 4.37 per mile. Um, <laughs> good on him for that. Um, sorry, it was a half he ran, I beg your pardon, but he ran 45.53 en route to the, to the, um, uh, to this, this race. But what made me laugh is, have you seen what's on his face? <laughs> is that November he's got on his face? What on earth has he got on his face? I mean, that is nonsense. Listeners, you need to, after you get home from your runner, if you're in front of your computer now, or you've got a phone on you, Google Galen Rupp at the, what was the race? Um, the Roe River Half Marathon, which is, uh, anyway, whatever the race is. He has got what looks like the most intricate nose strip. It's like Robbie Fowler on steroids. It's just like ridiculous <laughs> black tape mask on his nose. Now, I don't know hey, what he's- eye gap he's got. Oh, yeah. Gee, that is a big thigh gap, isn't it? That is, isn't it? Jesus. Has he got, like, something wet? He's obviously got a package <laughs> wedged between his thighs <laughs> to keep his legs that far apart. I don't know what he's got on his face, though. I mean, I can no, only like, assume it's some kind of Nike, uh, Nike prototype thing, yeah. I mean, I'm all, yeah, yeah I've worn a, no, a nose strip in the past. It's on his cheeks. It says, rock wearing like black, large black nasal strips that resemble black, eye black that baseball players use. Yeah. Anyway, very you know, It's also funny. You see the, the finish line? Yeah, I see that. It looks like something at <laughs> uh, primary school. It's like a local day. race, eh? <laughs> yeah, it does, it's yeah. Little, uh, park run. And what was it? The the quote. Um, this was a, this was an unbelievable thing that I was able to come together. Rup 34 said in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's oh, this comedy. I mean, it's just a... Uh, it's just amazing. Like, how can um, you run with that thing? It just looks embarrassing. Like, you know, imagine, imagine, uh, you know, listeners, imagine Tommy just running along, you know, doing his coughing reps around uh, his suits with that thing on. The amount of penalties he would get, eh? 
Exactly. The thing with Rupp is he's not thinking about his marathonphotos.com after that. I mean, look at him. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> you know, you know I, 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 I think that is... I, don't get me wrong. I understand the logic of a nose strip, and but I, I, I'm not even. I enjoy wearing it, and when I've taken them off, they you can tell that for me anyway. Everyone's nose is different. It feels like it's a bit. Your nose is more constricted. That thing is ridiculous. I mean, it's absolutely nonsense. But maybe there's a. I don't know. I'm sure that there's like a one percent or something in it. It's uh, oh, there's something there. Eh? If if Rupp's wearing it, then. No doubt it's, it's, it's got something to do with Although he's also in a pair of alphas, so who knows what that would be interesting. Uh, uh, talking about alphas, um, so I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I told you, but remember those socket, well, the, the ones that were for the treadmill? Oh, yeah. The endorphin pros. The, there was a massive cut around the foam. It, it, right. it cut. So I had to send them back, but um, they never had another pair for me, so I ended up getting a refund. Uh, so I've got you know, a couple of hundred pounds sitting waiting for a carbon fancy carbon shooter to get out. Nice. I was that close to getting a pair of the Alpha Flies. It came out in uh, sports like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Like, what am I going to wear them for? There's nothing on, you know? There's yeah. no racing. So I'll wait until next year, maybe. But, uh, but what I found interesting was every, you know, before all these, every launch of these carbon plates, shoes, they were sold out within seconds. Whereas now, they, they weren't. There's still UK size nines. and Really? I mean, maybe not anymore, but they've, they've been hanging around for a while. So there must be a, a, a little bit more in uh, a, a large number of, of quantities in stock now. Mm. So folks, if you are looking for your carbon plate, you want to stock up, get yourselves over to Sports Direct or Run For It or wherever you want to buy your shoes from and no doubt you'll be living happily ever after next year eh? i need to you can you know you always you can always tell when you've had a bit of an injury because i haven't bought new shoes in a long time like i haven't like i've done last week I did 35 miles which was biggest mileage i've done in about five weeks and as a result i've just had i haven't bought a pair, new pair of shoes in probably two months and that's when you're at like peak mileage that's not i find like i'm buying shoe it feels like i'm buying shoes every other week so right. I'm, uh, i could do with uh, i need to hope i'm hoping to get the mileage up and get some new shoes um, that's pretty much the news wrapped up. I think I don't think I've got any other news uh, that I spotted, but result wise, there has been the way the, the in fact, I can't wait to talk about this with you, Kyle. <laughs> so, the Benahi Ultra race to quote someone on Facebook, Kyle Gregg's course record was absolutely destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kyle, he, I, oh, that was, was a couple that, of tough couple of days for you. Me about it. Jesus, I mean, you know, Fraser Klein does a great job. Does a great job, you know, promoting well, stirring the pot. athletics in the north of Scotland on the newspaper, on you know, and it gets passed on to all the other, uh, you know, Scottish athletics run ABC and and you know, I I I I knew the record would go. I knew it would go. I knew it would get absolutely destroyed. I almost was certain of it, but I didn't realize it would get destroyed over half an hour. You know, <laughs> I think it was more than half an hour, which is brilliant, but. The amount of pelters I got afterwards saying you got destroyed, your record got destroyed. And I'm like, for God's sake, folks, I ran the UTMB like three weeks after. I put my feet up and I'm not making excuses. I got the course. <laughs> I, I won that race and I got the course record. Why would I have to run any faster? I didn't have to. 
you're sure. when you ran it right you were and i'm going to come to your defense here because i i thought that the, i thought it was bizarre i thought it was bizarre when people commenting <laughs> on trs post to tell us how far you once you got beaten when kyle won it in last year 422 the guy in sec was 439 so i think it wasn't i think you were it was a very different race and the guy who this year broke the broke your record as a commonwealth uh medalist so it's not like you're it's not like someone like me rocked up and broke it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a legit um, person. But I have to say, I was highly entertained. I messaged Kyle after I saw some of these posts to say to <laughs> him, like, "Give me penalties, you bastard." I was because I knew, I knew that you would be warmed up by the. I knew you'd be warmed up by the. Well, no, I knew that you wouldn't. So this is the thing. I knew that you wouldn't care about the record, but I knew that the penalties would get under your skin, which I completely <laughs> agree with. I would be the same. Um, and it was uh it was it was funny, but yeah, it was uh, it was so the, I actually I'm on the Van Hilter website. This is this is quite funny. The last results of 2019, so the results for this year are not actually on their website. But we I've know, still got the record then. So Kyle's still the record until it's uploaded. Yeah. So it was, I uh, it was a short course this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we know that the the course record and Ky- um, we just to uh, just to say it was slayed by Robbie Simpson. Absolutely. Not and just the record, by him, and it was slayed by it was slayed by um. Up, up and coming ultra elite Jason Kelly, friend of the show. Yeah, do, do you know what? I wouldn't even made the top ten barely in, uh, this <laughs> this year. Eh? I've just gone downhill. Eh? I'm, it must be. It must be. I must be rubbish now. That's what it is. Eh? Oh, must be. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't take it easy at all last year. I'm struggling <laughs> to find the results. I'm joking aside. I'm struggling to find the results up here. I put in the show notes just a note saying Benny Ultra, and I didn't think it would be this difficult. It live to find the results for the Benny Ultra. We know well, what, anyway. So what Robbie, I do know then, what I do know, I do know the top three uh, from the the male side. Um, we obviously had our man GB on. International Commonwealth Bronze Medalist, uh, Robbie Simpson, absolutely smashing my record. Three forty-five. So forty-five. Eh? So how many uh, minutes is that faster than you, Kyle? Now you're <laughs> talking. That that is that's it's like it's a long time. It's a, it's a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, good old, uh, you know, Jason Kelly, rising star in the ultra scene. He uh, absolutely smashed, owned me as well, uh, 401, <laughs> 20 minutes off my record. Uh, Alan Christie, Aberdeen runner too, you know, up and coming as well. Great time, 412. Jonathan Gamble, that was a close finish. Oh, chap, boy. So Alan Christie was uh, third, 412.51. And Jonathan Gamble, 41253. <laughs> nasty. That is nasty, yeah. Oh, I, wonder, I, wonder what the, I wonder what the prize money was for third. Well, it was a tri- probably a <laughs> that trophy. Was that, even th- that was fourth. Was that fourth? Oh. Third and fourth, eh? Wow. Yeah, that reminds me of that the the Howard Fobble when I had a three-way sprint finish. Oh, I remember that, yeah. That was, that was that. And I had to like hold the gate open. So I, I sprinted and then I it, it was like gates you had to open while you're sprinting down the last 400 metres. So I was in front, I opened the gate, then they caught up with me again, and then I was behind, then I went, and then I, the guy in front then opened the other gate, then I went ahead. It was like the wacky races, man. Yeah, that's that, at the end of an ultra, that always amazes me when it's like you get that at this and you've got to go. This is it. And then the female side, um, again, you know, I, I'm struggling to find the, the, the results here, but Meryl Cooper, who, who's also an interview of the show, she, she ended up coming... Uh, she won the race in a great time, you know, not far off my, my, you know, she almost got the, the, 
my record, yeah. So it was um, a, so Merrill Merrill won in four twenty nine twelve, which is only seven minutes behind Kyle, as I'm sure yeah. he's aware. Uh, and second place was uh, Emma Murray in four fifty five, and third place Sam Rendell five twenty seven. But actually, overall, I mean Merrill must be quite well placed overall. She was she was sixth. Sixth, blame me. There you go. Brilliant. Um, now shout out to Jamie Pallister who uh, is doing really well. He he's he's getting faster and faster every. He's he's a massive, uh, you know. I worked with him um, for a while, and yeah, really keen in ultra running. He's making a name for himself slowly but surely. So, well done to Jamie. Nice, but yeah, that's a, that's an impressive set of results. I'll tell you what, it's really, I, I think it's really obviously we're quite biased here, but really exciting to see Jason's form at ultra. I'm really, I think he's uh, he's got a really good future at that at these sort of ultra oh, races. He's definitely, 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 definitely class. Really it's funny, funny that uh, I was wrecking the start line of Speyside um, a couple of weeks ago, and who turns up at the car park? Big Jason Kelly and yeah. his folks. Eh? So uh, it's good that he's taking this race seriously. Um, it's what a start. We've got a great lineup um, for the you know Speyside. We've got uh, Jason Kelly. Robbie Simpson was going to be running, um, but you know he's pull, pulled out. Uh, we've got Kenny Wilson still got his name in the mix. Um, nice. Chris Richardson. As well as Rico. and uh, a guy, one of the previous past runners, uh, is Grant Jeans as well. So that's nice. the male side. I'll chat about the female side as well uh, later on. Very yeah. good. Um, so that's it's lining up to be a, a strong, strong ultra race. Um, we just have to hope it goes ahead. Yeah? So. Exactly. I think I'm hope. Well, hope for you that it does. Um, I look forward to getting those uh, some. News on that next week. I think we've got, uh, in terms of um, results, that's the only real result of the last couple of weeks I've I managed to find. There, um, there's been a bunch of, I keep seeing virtual races come up, which is great. We're not going to really talk about that. Um, but good on you if you're doing them. I did find it funny. Scottish Athletics are using a, 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 a road 3K for a qualifier for cross country. <laughs> which which is fair. I mean, to be fair, it would. I don't think that, I think, don't think cross country's, you can never know what the conditions are like on the day. So I think a road 3K would sort people as well as anything else. But I just, I lo- the problem is I'm losing track of it because there's so many virtual things coming and going. That you, like it was a virtual New York Marathon yesterday. Oh, virtual, yeah, I mean, and I, I th- fair play, actually, I'm, I've, my opinion's changed. I think a lot of people are getting a lot out of doing these virtual marathons and getting their medal yeah. and T-shirt. And that, that's cool. And that's, that keeps you going. That's great. Because that's all we, want, we need now is just reasons to keep going. But I, I struggle to follow it. I'm not, I don't see... Someone come up my feet and go, oh, goody, I need to check what the results of the virtual 10K were. You know, that it just is not on my uh, on my list. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing I, I kind of want to talk about, I know it's, um, it's, it is another race, uh, but it did actually go ahead, which is brilliant. And it's run for Marie, who Marie's, um, Marie's a runner from Aberdeen. Uh, unfortunately, she's she's got... You know, really sad that she's got secondary cancer. Um, but she's doing an amazing job at fundraising at the moment. Um, and you know, for the treatment that she's ha- having to undergo, it's uh, really, really good. I'll put it in the show notes anyway, just a note to you know her, her uh, website and things. But what what a fantastic job she's doing. Um, just her positivity and uh, and putting a race together like this. So she managed to get a race under underway last at the weekend um, in Newmarket, I think it was. 
And uh, the results we have here, mm. Rudy Campbell, who's a Metro Aberdeen guy, uh, also lad. a super veteran, I didn't super realize vet, that. Yeah. 1709. That's, a, that's wow. a good run from him. Aye. Uh, and Jordan Cruikshank, uh, you know, he's coming from the juniors into the senior ranks and still a young lad. Uh, a 1728 for him in second place. And Mark Beergree uh, was third in 1801. In terms of the, the ladies' results, we had an amazing result in run from Rian Burney, who is only, she is an absolute um, real up-and-coming uh, star in terms of the world of running. And I, I don't just say that lightheartedly. She's only she's only 11 years old, and she ran a 24. And, wow. and I know, you know, her, her she's run a, an 18-minute 5K, uh, you know, the high 18-minute 5K. So she's a real talent. Uh, when it comes to uh, distance running, when she's as she gets gathers momentum and with her age, uh, and second was Carla McNeil, who was second in twenty forty four, and your third place was Emma McIver, who was third and first vet in twenty two seventeen. So there you go, Tom. Nice. That's, uh, that's uh, the kind of most of the results I know of, other than the your usual, uh, you know, your virtual results as well. Well, yeah, I've actually stumbled it? upon one more result, which is bizarre. Oh, here we go, Unbelievable. Folks. So I didn't realize that it actually, there's a, do you remember we talked about this last year? <laughs> the Chili Willy Beach Run. No. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. It looks, like it's, it looks like it's gone ahead, the Chili Willy uh, race too. So um, actually, and that seems to be, it's organized by like the, the I think it's the Falkland Trail Runners, but they they also had a Halloween trail race last, was, uh, actually, yeah, yeah. over the weekend as well. Um, so we can give them a shout out on their results, uh, certainly for the Halloween trail race last night um, uh, on the 1st of November. So that, was, so that was won by Ben Kinnemonth of 5AC in 2950. Second place was Kevin Riddle of Perth Roadrunners in 2952. And third was Stephen Clark, 3103 unattached. Uh, on the go. female side, the first female was Suzanne Lumsden, Falcon Trail Runners in 3406. In second place was... Yvonne Den, Ansa Hadis, 36-14. And in third place was Lynn Hurd, Ansa Hadis as well, 36-35. Now, I don't know how far the race was, um, but a, a race is a race. That's the result. Wow. There you go. The Chili Willy series is... Uh, we have to get, get ourselves onto that next year, eh? Absolutely, yeah. I think it was... I think it's, yeah, it's, The series looks like it's not finished, so we'll maybe bring back an overall, uh, an overall results next week. The Chili oh. Willy Halloween Trail Race—that's what it was called. <laughs> Class. That's what. That's. Yes. That's what we need this year. Things like that. Uh, so, other than that, I mean, you know, we we're, we're fairly light in the results. The there isn't the only other thing there was. Remember the backyard ultra that was happening. Was oh like yes, a, the World Backyard Championship. That was cool, yeah. But they were all in different countries. Uh, and I kind of mind the guy who won it, but. We uh, we certainly had uh, Courtney DeWalter. She came second overall. She ran the American one. Now she ran past me pretty quickly, uh, <laughs> about halfway through the UTMB. Tried to follow her for like half an hour, and I thought, nah, I'm done. Let her go. Too fast. Uh, she's an absolute weapon, eh? She is. Yeah, I'm like, unbelievable. You know what's funny though? Like she just wears basketball, a pair of basketball shorts. Just chills right, chills out round the course and drinks beer and eats eats tacos. Eh, Amazing. what a life! But yeah, anyway, we, we we um, if you want to look a little, find out a little bit more about backyard ultras, just Google it. 
you'll find all the information you need to know and whether it's up your street. Eh? So I actually followed yeah, some well, of it uh, in real time. And actually, sorry, there's going to be two things I want to talk about because there's something else to come to mind. We oh, have all that, and there was the two Belgians who were animals. Oh, so yeah. kudos, who knew the Belgians were really good at uh, ultras? So I, I, I can't remember the names. Apologies, that's poor prep. But that's the two Belgian guys who just kept going and going and going was mental, mental uh, there. But actually, one thing that happened, and because we're catching up on like three weeks worth of um, of, uh, of of time, that's why we're kind of we're a wee bit off here. But it was the World Half Marathon champs, um, of course, on the seventeenth of October. Oh. Now. We were, I was I was in Paris at the time, so I was watching that. And in the the women's race, it was a win for Perez Chepchikir, who won a, who ran a world record in 105.16, which is mental. Uh, she's a Kenyan athlete. We had Milat Jisak Kajeta from who's actually a German athlete, believe it or not. Um, and she was uh, 105.18 for an area record. I guess that's the European record. And then um, Yalmer Zerf. Yeah, who are <laughs> Ethiopian in 105.19. I'm really sorry about that. That's um, that's a, a real shame. But it was the it was the the men's race which was particularly exciting. It was a really amazing smackdown. Went Joshua Chepter guy goes in as heavy favorite, broken the world 10k record. Everyone's favorite. He's gonna he's gonna win this. And sure enough, he went out in the lead group. And actually, it was uh, Jacob Kiplimo who we talked about last year uh, who who did incredibly well at the world the world cross who's a he's a young lad i think he's like i think he might be under 20 or maybe he's only 21 now anyway he came through for the win in 58 49 um in an amazing just really just class class run really good to watch kibi water candy was second kenyan athlete in 58 54 i should say jakob kiblimo he's ugandan and then third place it was uh waller again in an ethiopian in 59 08 with chapter guy in fourth in 59 21 for the half what was amazing? Yeah, though, I hear you called out your mate. Eh? Who? The winner of the half. He called out your mate Mo. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I, wow. I, I called him that. out because he was like, why, why is he not doing this? Interesting. Do you know what, actually? So yeah. they, I was going to jump on to Jake Smith, but we, let's finish on this then. So what's interesting at the world level, you've got Kip Limo and Cheptegai, who look just so hot at 10k half that sort of distance. If you're Mo Farah, why would you go to 10K on the track next year? I, I just, I really think that's a mistake. On the flip side, you look at the marathon at London and you've got um, Kipchoge now with a chink in his armour. He's been Aye. beaten. He's had a yeah. bad day. He had a blocked ear. Yeah. So, you know, what happens if his ears get blocked in Tokyo? It could be wide open. So if I'm Mo, I go to the marathon. Yeah, I think he's got a better shot, at a medal, and who knows, a win. I mean, if it goes out as a tactical race... <laughs> Who knows? But I, I just think that if Mo goes to 10K, I'm calling it now. I don't think he's, he won't win. And no. I think that he'll be lucky not, to get a medal. Not when you've got Chepta guy in. He's got so many fast guys now. Absolutely. If they, they, if, if they don't even do it, if they do a, a, not a tactical race and just go balls to the ground, there's no way Mo's going to keep up with balls, that. No way. I love, what a phrase. Balls to the ground. It's not even that saying. Add that to the TRS list. Of, it's a saying <laughs> now, mate. To balls ground. to the ground is, a, is how you describe a hard run on TRS. My speaking, monkey face emoji. So speaking of balls to the ground, Jake Smith, right, <laughs> British athlete, ran 60-31. I, I, I mean, unbelievable. We'll come to the Scottish lads, but... I mean, can you imagine right now? So we saw Mark Scott run 60 yeah. and something uh, Antrim. So now, imagine if you had a, a half, right? And you've got Jake Smith, 
um, uh, Mark, Scott. Mark Scott and Cal Harkins. Harkins. That is red hot. Boy. That is a... When, mean, when when have we seen that? When have we seen that kind of um, you know that standard in British athletics, male distance running and female distance running's hot as well at the is, moment. Yeah, like, but like that's just phenomenal. Like we, really, we haven't seen that in since the eighties. I think I still think Callum edges it because Callum has run sixty minutes flat yeah, 60 consistently, flat. and he mm. and consistently he's not. He's, we know no. Callum's not flashing a pan. Yeah. Callum is a is world class. His performances at the World Marathon Champs, you know, twice being fourth, and the way he ran the last one, Callum, ah, you know, you know with, his, with his records as well. Callum yeah. is, a, is a is a class act. So I still think and, he edges it. But there's we we've had him in the show, folks. So you know, if you want to you know listen back to Callum and Derek, feel free. He's there. Uh, I can't remember what episode it was. It was not episode 100. It might be 100. Yeah, it was during the. Uh, it was during. It was early in lockdown. It was 25 weeks. Yeah, I'd be about right. And the yeah. other, the other thing that's interesting. Speaking of those two, is we've got Valencia in not that long away. Maybe five weeks. We've got the Valencia Marathon with Derek, and I think Steph Davis is due to run that. Although she did pull out the world half, uh, which was really sad. I was really disappointed for Steph that she she had to pull out of that. Um, yeah. Is that elite only? Uh, yes, it is elite only. Because I had a place with Valencia, but I had to defer it I don't know if I'll take it up next year or not but um, anyway so we're interested to see what Calum Calum's doing the half Derek's doing the full so we're interested to see what they do I really hope Derek can run the, the Olympic qualifying standard ahead of what we understand will be a trial in March and that's the commonly understood uh, position now but just to finish on the men's uh, race because I want to talk about the two Brit- the, the sort of well, Scottish interests Chris Jones uh, Dundee Hawks 103.05 Great, nice, so nice, PB, uh, PB for him, really nice. Just behind him, 103 12, Adam Craig, and then just behind him, 103 14, Tom Evans. So, those three were it was great when the camera occasionally panned to them to see them running as a pack. But Chris came through really well. Um, yeah. and actually, you know, he's running 103 05, he's spanked Kevin Seward, Ireland, who ran 102 58. Now, that's a PB for Kevin, and he's a 210 marathoner, yeah, yeah, yeah. so. Really, wow. Chris really, is really coming on, eh? He is. I would. Lo- I, I, I really hope Chris yeah, is the happiest, the, the most photogenic guy you'll ever know. Yeah. And another, another interview of the show, folks, uh, early on in TRS's history. So you know, again, have a, have a, have a chat with him, Adam Craig. He's also been on the show. Uh, we need to get these guys back on, eh? There's been so yeah. much development with all these athletes, <laughs> Yeah, eh? I think I would love to get Adam back on because Adam's done so much since we spoke. I mean, he was top class when we spoke to him, but really, and he's in that now that he's another seen level. Him another level, doing to the half twice. I'd be quite keen to hear what he's what he's looking to to move to. So a bit of a we kind of look back to news there, folks. But that was really as there was, yeah, more than we thought happening actually in the world of running. That's quite a lot. You know, we, we thought it'd be quite a dry, you know, it, it just shows, you know, a couple of weeks uh, on the on the TRS hiatus and we're, uh, we're, we're chatting shite again, eh? Exactly. It's too easy just to chat chat like that. <laughs> right. So, Kyle, let's, um, let's start to wrap this up. TRS runner of the week, but you can have three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say you for getting on your treadmill and you know, <laughs> quarantine. Come on, man! I don't patronise me. Give me two hours <laughs> on the week when I run sub two thirty. That's that's still gonna happen. Well, I'm, do you know who I'm gonna say? And we haven't mentioned him yet, but I know Tommy's. Uh, you know, Tommy's about to get in contact with with Mister Tommy oh, Hughes. Yes, Tommy Hughes has got it for me. He right the man. That guy is an absolute. Animal, a pal, Tommy. 
He is. I mean, holy moly, he just doesn't stop breaking world records. So what was he? Two thirty and change for the two thirty one two for the marathon. Uh, so for an over sixty, I'm interviewing. He smashed it by six minutes. That's absolutely mental. Like, that well, Tom, get the boy on the show. Yeah, like, I'm on it. We need I'm to get this. I'm sorry, your mates were now. You, you, get him. You paced. I, I paced him to a world record. You, know, you, you dropped out <laughs> halfway. Exactly. exactly. You, you paced him to a world record. You dropped out halfway for him because you were spent. Your knee just <laughs> couldn't couldn't hold the pace of a, a pensioner. Exactly. I know. Yeah, that's a sad reality. I got dropped by a pensioner. But I mean, that's that's amazing. I mean, and, know, and to see him run more that. remarkable than like. He, 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 not only did he, uh, you know, not only did he w- get the world record, he he ended up winning the, the the marathon that he was running. Like, imagine that, like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you see this guy, he's over sixty, winning the overall race. Like, bloody hell, the guy is an absolute animal. I mean, what I will say is, uh, you know, he, Tommy is, um, Tommy was an Olympian back in his day. He was yeah. a two thirty marathoner, so maybe that. That has something to do with it, and the fact that he's kept himself. I think he may, maybe stopped running for a while, and then you know looked after himself, did a lot of weights, and he's a big boy, like a big boy. Um, he was anyway, uh, and I, I think that's something that that's quite important is looking after your body throughout your years, and and that can prolong the longevity of your running. So, something I'm doing at the moment is uh, I've got my TRX in the garage, uh, Tom, and I've got nice. my, my kettlebells, and I'm getting big and buff and just trying to get strong for next year because eh? <laughs> it's bugger all happening for me so i tell you what i'm, I'm really impressed that. with northern ireland in the sense there's so many races it seems to be so many quality races still happening um over there kudos to, i mean Antrim, right, we, they're not we, all in lockdown though well maybe yeah but i mean if you look at the, the result there i mean there was only seven guys in the results seat for the 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 um, yeah. the Lisbon Festival of Running Marathon that Tommy won. Tommy won it in two thirty or two. It's yeah. halfway split one fourteen thirty two. So quite went out pretty aggressively. Um, wow. Seventh place was was uh, seventh place was two fifty four. So actually there was a guy Colin Heron was second in two thirty fifty and went through halfway with him. So it looks like he had one guy with him till halfway and that was it. I mean it's a time <laughs> trial essentially. What a hero. Yeah. So anyway, I'm on it. Leave what it with guy, me. Yeah. We're gonna get Tommy on. Nice. Well, there you go, folks. And we also have another legend of uh, the marathon sport coming on. And all I'm going to say is he's Welsh and he's one of the best ever marathon runners that Britain has ever seen. So, uh, yeah, get your, you know, that'll uh, whet your appetite, folks. eh? I'm very excited. Yeah. So other than that, you know, that that's a, a dream come true for Tommy. That's that's what TRS is delivering, hopefully for you guys too. Eh? Yeah. It's uh, an early Christmas present. I just need I just need to when we speak to him, I just need to really rein it in and not just say, I love you, please will you coach me? That's the because that, that will just embarrass the show. That will just embarrass us. It's live, it's it might you're be a, live, so you can't say that. You're a legend, you're a hero, please. Yeah. So anyway, no, that'll be good. You know what's funny though, like do, do you know it's funny? You should see the, the message I sent him. It basically said what you said, but in my own way. <laughs> <laughs> So that's cool. And then Kyle's, uh, yeah. Kyle's been busy as well, speaking to Angela. He's spoken to another, a current Scottish elite uh, uh, runner. So we will reveal that next week. But that's, I'm really excited to hear that one as well. So there's a, a bit more. We've not been sitting and resting on our laurels while we've been away. We've been getting, uh, getting it. busy. It's been busy in the TRS front, eh? 
Listeners, though, if you would like Great. to get in touch with us well, and tell us who you would like to hear from, please do, because we're, we're starting to scratch our brains a bit on who to get on. You can, of course, email us at tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. Facebook's at Tartan Running Shorts. Instagram's at Tartan Running Shorts. And our Twitter is at Tartan Shorts. So let us know what you're doing race-wise, how your training's going, what races you're going to do next year, um, if you'd like to buy some Tartan Shorts, and who you'd like us to interview. Great. Well, it's been brilliant speaking speaking to you, Tom, and uh, it's been great to be back on TRS again. Hopefully, guys, we'll get, girls, we, we're giving you some positive vibes out there. Keep your chin up, folks. You know, things yeah. will get better and uh, stay positive, and we will speak to you guys next week. Thanks very much. Cal just got a text. <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> nah, no, it's way. not. Nothing important. Eh? <laughs> it's, it's nothing at all. <laughs> right guys have a nice week have a good week <laughs> keep this in bye see ya bye And that's a wrap.